And like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back. And this is the Salt the Streets podcast. It is Saturday, November 17th, 12.56 p.m., episode 40. That's a fody showdy. Yeah. You have any idea how long I've been waiting to say that? <laughs> Welcome back, At least everybody. 10 episodes. Yeah. To the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, built from the ground up for people like you and you and me. And join us as we discuss, oh, the everyday normal person. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we have a very special guest, uh, Dave the Z-Man. Welcome to the Salt Street Podcast. Thanks for coming out. We're going to uh, kind of talk to you about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, among other things. And, of course, we're going to be playing uh, the re- the triumphant return of, mm, that's bullshit. <laughs> coming back. And, yeah, so all that and more coming up on this week's show. Um, but of course, before we dive in, just take a second to rate and review the show on whatever platform you're on right now, whether yeah. it's Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever it is, give us 30 seconds of your day. Give us a five-star ra- uh, ra- rating the and banger. a nice little uh, written review there. It'll really help out the show. We'd love you forever. Follow us on Instagram at Salt of the Streets. Give us a like on Facebook at Salt of the Streets. Yeah. Check out the weekly blog and everything else that we post on saltofthestreets.com. Two things. Um, we don't have the t-shirt with us. Oh, no. No, that's totally okay. Um, but if you leave us a review and a rate on wherever you're listening to the podcast, you send us a screenshot, $5 off your first t-shirt. Exclusive fucking deal on this podcast. Boom. Um, and then Movember. That's one of the things on the websites. Obviously, we have these stupid ass mustaches on our faces. Um, but it's for a really good cause. We talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> at least yours is not like it's not the solo stash you know and that's the thing that like that's it that's the that's the key it is a uh, it is a definite lifestyle choice for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm getting some hardcore delay in my headphones so i'm gonna roll it's, naked today it's hard to deal with sometimes yeah um so that's it so we're both registered on movember we are so you can go to movember.com you can search either of our names and find us there but i also link the stuff in like the Facebook posts and on the mm-hmm. post on the websites so you can find it there it's, it's a hot link in the website because I'm starting to learn how to use a computer so, <laughs> so there's that <laughs> so you can just click on it perfect um, but that's it mm. I just didn't want to forget about that thank you because usually we got the t-shirt folded right next <laughs> yeah right so we pull we, up the t-shirt yeah. so just pretend you know I would get up and show you my the back of my hoodie but that's going to cause problems right we're now. doing shit so uh Dave. Yes, sir. You drew us a map to get here. <laughs> I thought that spoke volumes of who you are as a person, as a man, a human being. I well, appreciate I've it. had to do that a lot all my life. So um, I have some experience at it. I know there's all kinds of ways to find me through your iPhone and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I think the written note is not only fun to do, but... It's accurate. It's, yeah. It's more intimate is what it is. Oh, and, for sure. And I appreciate it. Um, cool. We've talked about Dave before numerous times. Numerous times. Um, I would be surprised if you didn't hear us talk about you on the on the podcast that you listen to. Um, because we work together, so we spend a fair amount of time together. 
and you say some really funny shit sometimes and so that comes up a frequent amount and you've taught me really interesting stuff that i couldn't rattle off for you right now but i certainly couldn't count them on my fingers how many things i've come home and be like dave fucking taught me how to do this today just by talking me through it and i can handle this um so yeah we've talked about you a lot you're a really interesting guy (laughs) you're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) i got a lot of things that are going to break here in the next couple of weeks is what it sounds like um but i'm really excited that you're here and like i said there's a lot of people that are really excited you're here we didn't talk about you coming on here because i was sick last week yeah Um, so i wasn't on the podcast last week so i don't even know that anybody knew Besides the people we told in person this was going to happen. But surprise. I, I think this will be a pleasant surprise for everybody. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's the level of our content, huh? Is that is that where that is? Well, I think that... I think Dave just vastly under underestimates his interest. Well, yes. He's, he's a very <clears throat> interesting human being. So this is why I think this, right? Because... Dave intrigues the, the shit out of me, right? Just to caught myself because I'm... That was good. You know, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that the younger people who listen to the podcast will also think that you're very interesting. And there's also... Like, Jordan's grandma has, like, like some people that she knows to listen to the podcast, like, older dudes. And I think they'll be like, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. I think <laughs> that they'll really like having you on there. Because I think that having two young people like us talking all the time can... For some people, be like, why do I even care what these kids have to say about anything, you know? So I do find myself defending what we do sometimes to uh, members of a uh, older generation. We'll yeah. say that much. And even it's not even sometimes how we do it, but it's more like, why? Why are you doing that? It's like, well, let me tell you. I'll tell you exactly why we do it. And uh, but today is going to be, I think, a little bit. I don't know. It's almost, I don't want to say more fun, <laughs> but our show is usually pretty boring. Um, Unless no. you're into that kind of stuff, I guess. I don't think that it's boring, but no. I also do it. So that would be bad if I thought it was boring. Yeah, right. But, that would be a bad sign. Yeah. Um, so I was, I just thought maybe we could start out because we want to get to know the Z-Man a little bit. And so I had a question kind of pop into my head last night when I was thinking about this. Do it. And I think it's a great place to start. So... Where are you from? Where are you now? And how did you get there? Well, actually, I am from planet Earth. And Good I still am. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I was originally born and raised in Shelton. Okay. 45 miles south of here. And uh, I lived there until I was 12 years old. And my family moved to Port Orchard because my dad was commuting to the shipyard from Shelton every day. Shit. Yeah, that'll happen. Oh, so, yeah. so we moved to Port Orchard, and I entered junior high school at that time and ended up graduating high school at South Kitsap High School in Port Orchard. What year? 1972. Word. I wasn't even born yet. I was born in 94. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember 94. <laughs> Me. That's funny. Were you 17 or 18 when you graduated high school? Do you remember? I just turned 18 just before graduation. Word. That's the way to be. I turned 18 in December, obviously. So mm-hmm. same time every year I age. Um, 
but so that's Generally like how that works yeah that's like two-thirds of the way through the school year you know so yeah that last Pretty part well into it yeah that last part well, i guess not even like maybe a third of the way in because school starts in september so yeah like yeah okay so i was 18 for like most of my senior year so i got uh that's had, pretty sweet had cigarettes and shit and you know, oh man that's fucking so cool like because i don't know it was harder to get cigarettes then but it's yeah that was nice a definite advantage over being 17 in high school mm-hmm. definite i can't remember because i was 17 when i graduated mm-hmm because I think I was always like the younger person in the class. I don't know how that works with enrollment and stuff. You could tell me that in a couple of years when when Dak starts going to school. How but, that uh, works, yeah. yeah. But uh, I was always the younger one in the class. So I was like one of the last people to get my license. You know, not being 18 when you graduated was still kind of like, you know, I was signed up for the military, but still couldn't <laughs> go yet. <laughs> you know, I was like still waiting. Um so yeah, it's, I mean it's that's got to be interesting, especially when you went to school. It's kind of even a you know ten years apart like that. That's a different world, all in itself. You know when we used to go because we had this thing. I don't know if you guys did that in school where you could go off campus during lunch and stuff. No, and no, so ours like, was a closed campus. Okay, yeah, we'd like drive down and like go to the gas station and get some junk food and like stand there all cool and yeah. smoke cigarettes because we were bad, you know. And, but I don't know how we got cigarettes now that I think about it. Because I don't think any of our friends group were old enough. Because we were all, I think, 17 until after we graduated. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, what was, what do you think is different, would you say, to kids growing up and going to high school now than they were back then? Well, I really haven't. Uh, a clue to that because <laughs> I don't 46 know what, years yeah that's a long time I don't know what goes on in school these days because I'm so far removed from it I mean even though I raised some stepkids they never made it through school so I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what goes on there but all I know is the kind of school that we had back then you talk about open campuses and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and my senior year, the seniors had open campus all the time. I mean, you could just come and go as you as you pleased. If you had a study hall, you could just leave, come back. But my senior year was really weird because I had all my credits filled, and all I was taking was three hours of auto shop class in the morning in a study hall, and then I was done for the day. <laughs> and then I went to work. I had something kind of similar when I – like my last – yeah, it's my senior year. It was like my last semester. Yeah. Senior year, I had like basic aquatics in the morning, which was amazing because you just start off the day by going to the pool and swimming laps for an hour. And then I, basic I had like one or two other like BS classes and I was out and then I drove to work and I was, I was working the other half of the day during my senior year. So, so I guess, yeah. So my senior year, I, I got suspended my sophomore year for 90 yeah. days right and so when i came back i <clears throat> had to get all my grades back up and then i had to get it a running start so that i could get enough credits to graduate on time and so i had one class at the high school um senior year because my best friend trenton still went to regular high school and I wanted to make sure I could see Trenton every day. So I took one class in the morning at the high school. So I knew that I would see Trenton every day. <laughs> but it wasn't a class I needed. Like I was taking the class at the college anyway. But I just 
needed an excuse to make sure that I was there. Um, and then I didn't have a job job after. I mean, I sold weed for a long time, but I didn't have like a real job until after I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, was the call center your first job? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, on the topic of education, did you ever go to college, Dave? Oh, I took some, you know, the lesser courses. I tried to do it. It just wasn't for me. And, mm-hmm. and I've just been a worker all my life, you know. <clears throat> and I've had jobs ever since I was 14 years old. What was your first job? My first real job, I mean, because I had paper routes and stuff like yeah. that when mm-hmm. I was a kid. First one, I was 10 years old when I had paper route. No shit. And I don't even think you could get a paper out when you're 10 right now. No, but I went to work at this place that was, it was a mobile home park under construction. And I was 15 years old and was working with a crew of three guys. And we set forms and poured concrete parking pads and, and uh, walkways and patios for this entire mobile home park. Nice. Yeah. And that's was, good backbreaking work. How much money did you make? I was making a dollar ten cents an hour. Woo! And I started, and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. But I, I think I got ten fifty to work at the call center. I got a raise after a while to a dollar fifteen. Woo! But I worked that summer and I managed to save up enough money to buy my first car. There you go. How much did your first car cost? Fifty back then? bucks. Fifty bucks. <laughs> It was a 1955 Chevrolet, and uh, my what? dad found it for me. A sailor, an officer in the shipyard had it, and he was shipping out. So he called me on the phone. Hey, you interested in this? I said, heck yeah. So I wasn't even old enough to drive yet, but we got the car home and needed a little work, some brakes and a wheel bearing and this and that. And But by the time I turned 16, got my license, I had a car ready to go that was fueled, safe, ready to roll, insured, and ready to roll. Perfect. Your, f- your first job, you said you were 15, so what year was that? Like, s- I don't know, do the math. 67 or something like that? 69 or something. Word. Summer of love. Yeah. $7.99. That's what... Because you said a dollar fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's seven dollars ninety nine cents in now. today's money with the currency exchange or whatever you call that. Yeah, inflation. Yeah. I found an inflation calculator because that's that's what I was thinking. Is like mm-hmm. what? Because because that's not even. Yeah, you're not even allowed to pay someone that little amount of money now. No. Like you're, <laughs> at least not here. No. You know, unless you're Nike and you're doing that to you know basically and slaves overseas. Did you just work eight hour days or do you work more than that? It was eight hour days. It was a summertime job. In the in the fall, I worked the weekends, but then it went flat, you know, for the winter when it got dark yeah. and rainy and all that stuff. Yeah, that does happen. It's not happening this year, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying very busy. Now that you have office shit to do? Well, yeah, even just like our, you know, out in the field work. Oh, the weather's still good. Developers are still building. Still need stuff done, man. Word. It's nice. Uh, so... You start. You worked concrete for a little while, and what else kind of stuff you do? Well, after that job, it's kind of a funny story because there was a, a landscape nursery down the road from my parents' house, about a half mile down the road. What's it called? It was Port Orchard Nursery, and oh, well, that's I lame. wanted to work there, 
And this buddy of mine came by and he said, guess what? I just got hired at Port Orchard Nursery. And I went, no shit. <laughs> and I went, hmm. So I, he went on his way and I went down there and convinced them they wanted me and not him. <laughs> <laughs> Straight snaked his job? Yeah. That's great. I did. <clears throat> so, so he I, wasn't that good of a friend then? Well, yeah, he was my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew just you really wanted that then. job? Uh, he didn't really want it. <laughs> oh, there you go. And as it turned out, he came back as a laborer after I'd been working there for a while. He lasted one week. Oh. So... Uh, so it's a good thing they hired you anyway. <laughs> yeah, because I worked there for three years, and Damn. it was it was a really good job for me. So yeah. it's like good because you like doing real like man shit, you yeah. know? I like getting my hands dirty. Yeah, mm-hmm. real man's work, getting and sweaty stuff. and all that stuff outdoors yeah. and but and I was making good money. By the time I left there, I was getting like three fifty an hour, and. Apprentices in the shipyard were only getting that much at the time. Oh, yeah, there you go. And then my brother-in-law, my older brother-in-law, called me up and said, Hey, I need a laborer on a uh, framing crew. So I quit that job at the nursery and went to work for him. And he was paying me six bucks an hour. Word. And I was like, yeah. How old were you then? Uh, 19. Mm. 19. Word. There you go. And, but then... That didn't last very long because the interest rates skyrocketed at that time and people quit building. Mm-hmm. So they disbanded the company and I came back to Port Orchard. They lived in Issaquah, so I was staying with them. <clears throat> and I was sliding on unemployment for a while. That was pretty cool. I got, <laughs> I got 35 bucks a week unemployment. and Yeah. That was just, you know. That was just fine? That was fine. And then, you know, you always have to report places that you apply for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went out to this place called Imperial Manufacturing, and they make wetsuits. And I went in there just to sign my card off, and they hired me. It's like, son of a bitch. Why did you do that to me? Yeah. You know, I went, oh, okay. So I worked there for 12 and a half years. Woo. Not bad. Making custom wetsuits, right? And regular wetsuits? Well, I started out just doing the stock stuff and then went into customs. And then I became a supervisor and ended up doing design work. And and then the company got bought out and moved out of town. And I stayed here. And by design, just for the people who, because I've heard this a lot, but other people have not. So by design, I mean designing like new. New products. New products. So new versions of it and shit for like the new season and mm-hmm. whatever. and New fashions, new designs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pattern work, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, wetsuits, I would imagine, have to be regularly updated as far as how they look fashion-wise, because yeah. otherwise... Well, not not so much um, in the in the scuba industry, but when that company closed down and I got together with Tim and Nick mm-hmm. and went to work with the Bennett Corp... Um, Which is, um, we have actually, I decided we're going to do this this week. This will Mm -hmm. be the first time that we've actually used the name of the company on the podcast. Oh, really? Because I have, I don't know. They're so weird about like the company being small that I didn't. But when Tyler was on, he said that we could, but I just still didn't. But after I knew you were coming on here, I'm like, this is such a big part of like your story that it's, oh yeah, fuck it. You know? So yeah. So that's the company that I work for doing the, but we'll get to that later. So doing the custom wetsuits and then you got together with tim and nick right? yeah and we started the little company bennick and it was just the three of us and 
<clears throat> working in a garage and yeah, and moved into a little bit bigger space. But and what were you making then? We were making uh, wetsuits for diving and uh, hunting and fishing waders, and slowly broke into the medical line. Yeah, and we were starving. I mean, it was. It was slim pickings back then. You know, yeah. we would wait for the phone to ring. What year was that? 1986. And I worked there from 86 to 88. And um, we were starving, like I said. And I got offered to go to work someplace else. And You're like, I got to go. I have- they offered the job to me three times before I said, all right, I'll take it. I said, I wanted to give this company a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, I was starving. Everybody was starving. Yeah. And, you know, they offered me 10 grand a year more and like, well, medical yeah. benefits and retirement and all that. So, and that's like getting a whole second paycheck on top of yeah. your salary. And they understood when you were oh, like, oh, absolutely. Gotta... You know, how could they not? Yeah. And they were struggling themselves. Right. Yeah. So we remained friends and helped each other over the years. and But that's the company I went to made water ski wetsuits, and that's where the fashion mm. thing comes in. It's for personal wear and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Surface sports. Yeah. And fashion was really important in that. And so I designed everything that we did there. And what was this company? This is Surfer House, right? Surfer House, yeah. yeah. Hmm. We were located in East Bremerton. And where at? It was... Uh, Not that half these people will know, but I'm really interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... Uh, <clears throat> there's a building like across Wheaton Way from where Cloverleaf is. Yes. Yeah. It's way in the back. I think they make big toys for kids now in that building. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was an old Prairie Market building, which was the first market-yourself food store in the county. And it was just a big cinder block building. And... No windows, just a couple doors, and <laughs> and I got the keys to that place. And, uh, the the surfer house was in California at the time, and we were going to move it up here because we have this big glut of employees waiting to go to work. Yeah, from Imperial that shut down. Has it always been just a sidebar? Has it always been that way here? That there's just always been no. I'm talking about trained than... people in that. Oh, specific okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so we got this big building it was empty you could hear an echo in it and it was like well, now what <laughs> <laughs> but we grew that building or that business out of that building to we had 45 employees at one time Ooh. doing about 6 million a year in sales and and then along comes the Chinese and fucking Chinese kicked our butts and I realized it when I was going through Costco and I'm looking at this wetsuit in Costco that was selling retail for less money than our lowest price entry level product was selling wholesale for. Ooh. And I went, okay, <clears throat> there's not a really a future in this business. Yeah. yeah. I've been in touch with Tim and Dan, you know, this whole time. And said so when, when the time is right, you can come back and work with us. Yeah, Love shout out Tim you. and Dan. Those are my bosses. <laughs> so shortly after their new building was built is when I came back with them, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And the new building, you mean the one that we're in now or the mm-hmm. one that was on Provost? The one that we're, we're in, in now, now, yeah. Okay. 
It's been there for 20 years. Mm-hmm. No shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Me neither. That's I mean, crazy. I guess that's pretty new, you know, in the life of a building. Yeah. Yeah. But, I think so. Well, it was only half of what it is now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It got expanded. Yeah. There, there was a big dirt pit there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It, it was supposed to have been done sooner or later. Oh. But uh, until the time was right, it was just an empty vacant lot. Just waited. So they added on from the offices all the way to the deli. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those little offices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Has it always been two floors? Yep. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like where it would end. And then so essentially where the hallway runs through probably, that was probably the old front door. Like the back door. Uh, the no, cutting area it was wasn't there, that but far. oh wow. No. It was uh I think it was like uh, at the end of the cutting department. Yeah, I'm not the end it is now. Yeah, where it used to be, where uh, like where our tables used to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. the end of the building. Really, and well, at I the end of Tim's that. office, and then there was windows there, and it looked out into the dirt pit. That makes sense because right, right where I used to stand, they had that like that cross section there where you could tell the wall used to run. Yeah, that way that makes sense. Kind of a kitty corner between Dan's office, Tim's office mm-hmm. type of thing. That's really cool to think about. Just, <laughs> I like that expansion aspect. Yeah. It just, it's a good thing. Only so many people will understand exactly what we're talking about. But those who know are really in a, like a fine circle. Yeah, right. They're like, I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. And so... So when you started working back for Benick again, they were still doing the <clears throat> shit. So we make custom neoprene orthotics, um, hand splints and knee braces. And anybody who listens to this that I went to high school with, I've been wearing knee braces since I was in junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody who remembers or knows me well enough, those type of knee braces that I was wearing, that's the stuff that we make now. Um, but also way more than that because like the biggest part of like yours your job and dan's job i think is when people just send you a picture of like someone's body part that is you know in need of an orthotic of some kind yeah and you guys just draw something on a piece of paper that you're like it's gonna fold up here and it's gonna glue together here and it's gonna straighten their arm out and i'm like word like i know that sounds good you know um like the patterns and stuff that we do for the so you and i are cutters right and there's the different departments and all the whatever but we based off off of patterns and ship them around and then trace them out and then cut them with with little tiny pizza cutters Mm -hmm. um and that design work comes from decades of essentially trial and error isn't it yeah exactly because there's nobody out there teaching this industry no you can't go to itt peterson and sign up for neoprene manufacturing is there is because there's a couple other companies that do something like this right absolutely but but not exactly what we're no our niche is the custom stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of people make stock medium large of a lot of the same products that we make right so you can buy shit like in walmart and stuff yeah, we nothing like that ace we, bandage makes things in ace wraps. mueller and whatnot but yeah um but they're all garbage yeah you certainly <laughs> couldn't buy a benic knee brace in a in a walmart um, definitely not. that's not how that works and it shouldn't so, 
because it's, I mean, everything there is, is completely custom fit for the most part to the yeah. needs of a certain patient. But so I think we kind of, that kind of fills in your career right there. We've kind of gone yeah, I've from. I've only had about three jobs. <laughs> Same, so, me too. <laughs> but the impression I'm getting is that you've, one way or the other, always been in some form of a trade. Mm-hmm. Now, choose, did, I mean, essentially, you probably didn't necessarily <laughs> choose not to go to college. It was more of just, it's not what I want to do, wasn't interested. You know, it was. I'm sure it was a completely different time back then as far as how much costs were and all that good stuff. But getting involved in the trades and then just kind of never leaving. Have you ever thought about, you know, a career in anything other than something where you're working outside or working with your hands? Or, Well, I think everybody has a little dream of doing something other than what they're doing. Yeah. However... <laughs> um, <clears throat> When I got back to work with the Baumgartners, it was clear to me that this is where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Probably for the rest of my life. Because a lot of my former jobs, I hated them with a passion because they're just way too stressful. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I really liked working with the materials. Mm-hmm. Maybe because, you know, because I'm a dumb shit. You don't have to be exact with working with neoprene. It's not like you're cutting sheet metal or, you know, milling, machining metal that has to be measured with micrometers and all this. You know, if, if you're a little bit off, it's still going to work. So right. That works for me. You know? Ain't that of an inch ain't going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> that is nice. It's, it is the the saving grace and at the same time like the most frustrating part of that job you know like i remember when i first started um like the phrase that i hated the most was like the wheel knows you know like <laughs> you just gotta trust the wheel like it'll like when you just cut it out and the like the wheel just knows and i'm like what the fuck do you mean the wheel knows like that doesn't mean anything to me like tell me what this is supposed to look like so that i can That's recreate funny. it the next time it comes around like it's just it doesn't work like but, that but know? now you know well, I remember vividly um, you asking me to help you with something when you worked there. And I like stopped and laughed at myself. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry that I have to say this to you because I hate when they say this to me. But yeah. like, you just have to trust the wheel on this one. Like you just you just have to go and like the wheel knows. <laughs> and I was like, and I know that that doesn't help, you know, but like you just you got to do what you got to do. Once you, know. you just lay back and accept it, life just works out. Yeah, but know? it's you're it is surprising um how many times you're like yeah i'm just gonna go for it and then you Mm -hmm. put it together and you're like no shit you're like all right man you're like i there is something to this like you just gotta trust this stupid little thing well (laughs) it's because there's a thing called a fair line curve in when you're making patterns and stuff Mm -hmm. and a lot of times when you're driving the wheel the wheel can only go basically in that curve it's not going to make something so radical that it's not going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. So the wheel kind of just drives that way. It just knows. Yeah. It just knows. It seems silly, but. I'm going to chalk that one up to physics. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> because just, physics. Uh, it's, it's just. Because. Yeah. yeah. Just because. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, from time to time, I've like posted, I've like tweeted out pictures and stuff of shit that i've made you know that Mm -hmm. just is really like and especially the last couple of weeks or months um since jordan has been pregnant you know when i've made something for like a really little kid 
you know i've just like i've just tweeted out like you know i just made a splint for a fucking four week old kid you know and like just just appreciate what you have you know because that is it's like it's so sad you know um but it's like the thing one of the things that i love most about that job you know is knowing like when i get so frustrated with it being able to take a step back and be like just worth it you know like it's it's frustrating and this doesn't make any sense but this is gonna it's gonna improve somebody's life when they get this you yeah. know and that's like yeah every that's awesome for the most part every single product you make <clears throat> is going to an individual person that needs that yeah and that's going to improve their their life is that what is that what keeps you there instead of doing something else? Because you never because you never worked in the shipyard and you never joined the military and those are the two big things. At least when I was growing up and excuse me, getting out of high school, that like so those are the two things that like are really kind of presented as big options. It's like well, you can join the navy, you know, or you can work in the shipyard, or you can fuck off and work at McDonald's, or you can go to college, you know, and like those are the options well, that were. Presented. I've never even applied in the shipyard. Yeah, even though. You Which know, is rare. My father came from the shipyard. He retired out of there. And it's probably the reason I didn't because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I saw his hypertension and stress and all this stuff. And <clears throat> I didn't want to be a part of that. Not only that, the shipyard is so big. Yeah. It's that how can you, you can't use your creative juices and change anything in nope. something that big. And you could be sitting there making something that you will never see. You know, it'll go into the bowels of some ship somewhere. Yeah. And you'll never see the end result of what you've spent your day doing. Mm-hmm. And I just can't be a part of that. I worked for Imperial and got to make patterns and design things. I knew that I was making a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it carries on up to this very day. You know, what I can do personally can make a difference to the company, to a person. Lots of people. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you piled twenty years of doing that same thing every single day, a number of different you know patterns a day. Right. Yeah. How That's many? A lot of people. How many? People. How many splints do you think you cut a day? I have no idea. I used to keep track of it. You know, it was probably somewhere between twenty-five and thirty. Yeah. And now, because of the complexity of certain things, they mm-hmm. take longer. And some of that shit takes a really long time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dan and I do most of that kind of stuff. So right. mm-hmm. you can't really judge about how long something takes or how many you can do. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot, and we comment all the time when that stack of orders, you know, is just all and yeah. Going, we've been doing this every day for 20 years, and there's still people that need this stuff. Yeah, you'd it's think true. that eventually everybody would have one. There's always more people. Man. Yeah, I know. always more people. Well, I'm like, I don't know. Like, if this company dried up, you know, if if for some reason Tim and Dan were just like, we don't want to do this anymore. You know, we're closing the doors. So like, we'll find you guys all new jobs, but we don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, what the fuck would all those people do? You know, because I know we would have to start our own company doing the same thing because there's nowhere else that anybody could could get this same type of stuff from you know know, that's kind of a weird thing to think about because of the strength of the company Mm -hmm. yeah well that's why that's why the only situation i can think is if they decide to not do it anymore you know that i don't see it drying up like just well you know when i was younger and working at imperial i thought it would be there forever yeah and that's not the case i mean it, it was a large company <clears throat> we had 150 people there at one time shit and 
we thought, okay, this is it, you know, and we were one of the three big players in the country. And then the market gets saturated because we're making survival suits. And once that gets saturated, then what do you do? And another company that was our competition was having problems too. So, Mm -hmm. and our company had financial problems and ownership problems and all that kind of stuff we bought and sold a few times. So this, our competitors bought us to put everything under one roof to save their industry. Yeah. Which ultimately failed anyway. Thank you, Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a real thing when you think about it. Cause when did China really start their turnaround? Late eighties, they probably started putting state funding behind manufacturing and just really started to kick things into high gear. And that's why we, I mean, we joke around about it every day now that everything in America is made in China. But you got to think if you go to the, the Northeast, uh, like I used to live in the Northeast and you would drive by old towns in Massachusetts or one of the towns my, uh, my dad grew up in a little place called Mechanicsville, New York. Right up on the Hudson River. Mechanicsville? Yeah. Mechanicsville. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But there was, I that mean, there was old up. manufacturing plants that they're just empty now, gone. Manufacturing in America is, it, and it's almost non existent anymore. And I like to think it's coming back slowly. But, you know, when you have international competition, like in this case, the Chinese for one, I mean, it can do an, a massive detriment to the local economies. Yeah. I mean, you get, you got 150 plus people now that there's no industry anymore for them to have a career in. They have to find something else. Right. You know, luckily I think for at least in like your guys' case, I don't think anybody's going to, I don't think anybody can touch that niche market. (sighs) I think that's a pretty safe place to be at. Yeah. We do too much. Yeah. We're we're too customer service oriented and all the one on one off stuff that we do, it just can't be done overseas. Mm -hmm. And, so we're very fortunate in that regard. Yeah. I had to call someone yesterday, Thursday. <clears throat> Was the first time? Uh, first time here, yeah. That I've had to personally place a call out. Mm-hmm. I have like spoken to other people before. But I told Dave, ever since I worked at the call center, I have no problem talking on the phone. I'm very adept at it after working it there. I worked there for a year and eight days at the call center. I got really good at talking on the phone. I worked at like a lot of overtime and mm-hmm. like a lot of 10 hour shifts and stuff like that. So I dealt with a lot of really difficult people. I got really good at that. But because I did that, I fucking hate talking on the phone. I just, <laughs> I just don't want to do it. You know, I just don't I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't work in the front area with the girls because I'm not interested. Like if that was a job, I would have taken it. I'm like, no, I, I <laughs> no, will. Thanks. I will find another job. Like, but where I don't have to be on the phone. Yeah. I found the hard part about talking to the customer or the therapist was that back when I wasn't well-versed in anatomy and all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And all the terminology, they would start rattling these things back to me and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. you got to right. talk English. I work in a factory. I'm not a doctor. Okay? Right. And so, but, you know, they understand. Yeah. And yeah. you just explain to them we're asking these questions because we want to get it right for you the first time. Yeah. So, you know, talk to me in English. (laughs) And I think that might be the only thing that makes me nervous is that 
I don't know, just because I'm 23, you know, no, nobody who's 45 years old wants to hear that some fucking kid is, is trying to make their thing that they want to get, you know, that just, I, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't carry a good, a good context. Well, just be a connotation. Hey, look, I've been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is deep enough on the phone. I could probably oh, get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've totally been doing fine. this for a long time. Okay. <laughs> Like, but I'm not a doctor, so yeah. But I play one on TV. <laughs> I didn't really think about that. I don't know. I try not to lie, so like a lot of times being dishonest, not just like not that I don't ever lie, because I also Well it's not remember. necessarily dishonest, you're just right. avoiding points of the conversation that we don't need to talk about. Right. Not important. Just listen to my voice. Yeah. I got a nice deep voice. Don't need someone to be like, Well just let me talk to your boss. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I got this, okay? I got this. I'm like, man, I screwed that one up. I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, yeah. most of the people, though, are really appreciative that you called and asked. And Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. But, you know, someone didn't get laid last night, and they're really <laughs> yeah. They don't want to deal with you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's got bad days, man. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And you just might have to be the guy that calls them on that day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's like my worst stories from the call center is like I had maybe just like two or three people that um, just said like really terrible shit, you know, just really, really terrible shit over really menial things. And like one person was like, I hope you get fucking cancer. And you're like, <laughs> whoa, like, are you fucking serious, man? Like that you have gone and, quickly. And at that point, I told that person, I it was a woman. And I said, ma'am, I'm 19 years old. I, said, I am sitting in a call center in a completely different state from you. It's like, I have nothing to do with what happened on this bill. It's like, I am absolutely just trying to do my job and help you with this. Like, I am so sorry that you're this upset, but come on. Like, you gotta, like, you gotta figure some shit out. You can't be talking to people like that, man. It's just not, that's crazy what people are willing to, it's, it's the same thing as like being on the internet, you know? Like when you're on the phone, people will say crazy shit that there is no way they would say to you in person, you know? Because yeah. I felt very comfortable at that time being very similar size that I am now. I'm like, half these people, if they were standing in front of me in the store, there is no goddamn way they would say that to me. No. Like, there is no way that they would say that to me, but they don't care because they're on the phone, you yeah. know? Weird. I feel like, I mean, in today's world, how many calls on your cell phone a day? Sometimes it's not every day, but sometimes it's multiple times a day where you get like a scam call or some recorded message from somebody trying to, you know, scam you into something, you know. And so I feel like at least once a day, I hear somebody just go off to some recording or somebody (laughs) trying to sell them something and then just hang up the phone. Yeah. I don't know why I did this. Nobody does that anymore, but um, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> oh. See, I, I'm glad I'm not the oldest one on the podcast today. Make you this feel a little nice. bit better. You're not yeah, even right. close. I know. <laughs> the young Donovan likes to remind me how how much younger he, younger he is than me some days. Just like when we talk about. If he talks about something he did in high school, I'm like, oh, what year was that? And he's like, oh, that was fucking 2003. And I'm like, I was in the third grade. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, why are we doing this together? <laughs> uh, like, I don't understand this world anymore. Yeah. So to kind of pivot off of, uh, you know, you essentially having your entire career in, in the trades industries. Do you look at today's world and see kind of a a I don't want to say a gap or a, a loss in the trade industry absolutely and how important 
do you think it is to just American society that we kind of figure that out? I think it's real important. I mean, I was watching this news article about Hurricane Harvey uh-huh. and them having to rebuild. Oh, yeah. And they can't find the tradespeople to do the work. So they're importing them from other states. And then that puts a void in our community for the services that we need. Yeah. And there's just not enough people going into the trades. And uh, because I think I told you this once before, I mean, back in my day when I was young in high school, the big campaign was to work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had a poster there, this guy in a cap and gown and his you know, all happy with his diploma. And this other guy on the other side of the poster was gross, grubby, dirty. You know, he's been in the mines all day or something. <clears throat> Man, you know, get a good education, get a good job. Well, everybody wants those good jobs now, the quote-unquote good jobs where you don't have to get dirty. Yeah. yeah. And nobody's learning the trades. So uh, I think that <coughs> right now most the smartest thing a kid can do is to prepare himself for a trade in high school and then go into a trade school after high school. Yeah, I like that. And then in a matter of no time, they are out serving their apprenticeship and making bank already. Yeah. And then they don't have a $200,000 student loan to pay off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the time a college student gets all the way through college and then scrapes for his job at McDonald's being a manager, mm. this other dude is already filled his apprenticeship. Yeah. He's a journeyman. He's making good money. He doesn't have a lot of bills to pay for that student loan. And he's on his way to a career. Yeah. yeah. He could start his own business at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And Fill your apprenticeship. Go out and start your own, your own gig. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and sure, it's hard work. Yeah, but that's what this country was made of: is hard work. Yeah, yeah. And everybody wants to sit in a, in a cubicle and punch buttons, and and you know that's one of the things that really amazes me about <clears throat> this country is I look at Seattle and I see all these skyscrapers over there full of offices. Yeah, I'm going, what are they doing there? All the tech uh, jobs and stuff. Yeah, what do they do? Yeah, I can see a building where, like, where we work, where. These people go in and they fidget with stuff all day and it gets shipped out. Mm-hmm. There's a product. You can touch it. You can feel it. We're making shit. Somebody buys it. But then I look at those skyscrapers and go, and they're just people sitting at desks. What are they doing? Yeah. What are they really making? And why do they have to be there? Yeah. Because it's the grind. Yeah. Everybody's got to get their piece, I guess. But yeah, I bring that up because, you know, in my industry, which... Again, I'm not fully ready to disclose, yet, <laughs> especially considering, yeah, you know, stuff. But uh, you know, generally speaking, the industry that I work in is land development, home building. You know, the the bread and butter of what you know Kitsap County really is made out of. It's the same industry that was hit particularly hard during the last recession, and tons of people lost their companies and their jobs, and so on and so forth, and. I'm noticing, at least in our industry, we have a uh, at the very pinnacle of where you can be at. Um, you 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 have to be licensed by the state to 
to be a you know essentially it's very similar to like an engineer if you're mm-hmm. a licensed engineer um but the average age for a licensed you know person in our industry is like 55 60 years old no shit yeah which means in another you know 10 15 years they're all gone they're all going to be gone yeah and there's very very little people my age that are getting into the that particular trade because it's kind of a crossover what I do is it's kind of a crossover between like a standard, you know, physical with your hands trade, kind of half and half with, you know, legal technology stuff. And stuff. And, yeah, and yeah. A lot of office work and stuff with that too. But I don't know what our future is going to look like. But, you know, when I look at home builders, you know, framers, electricians, plumbers, a lot of this, the guys that have been running all the, the local companies and stuff, they're not getting any younger. And yeah, you see a lot of people that are starting to retire now and nobody's picking up the reins. Well, and I think that part of that, and I don't know whether or not you and I have talked about this on the podcast or not. We probably talked about it in regular life, but I know that when I was going to high school, right? It was, there was almost a connotation of like the local trade school is or vocational school is called West Sound Tech. And mm-hmm. you can like go there half and half with high school, you know, and then your senior year, you can go like mostly to West Sound Tech. Mm-hmm. And I knew a bunch of kids that did that, but it like carried this connotation of like, oh, well, those kids, like they're almost like not even fucking smart enough to be in regular high school. You know, yeah. they got to go and do a trade because that's like what they have to do, you know, and like yeah. that's, that's not what like good kids are doing. Like you're going to, you know, you're going to West Sound because you're fucking up, you know, yeah. it was the that's same where ideas. All the, the bad kids went. It was like West Sound and the alternative school are like, were like the same thing, you know. Well, you're where, right. I mean, back in the seventies, like I was saying, the, and they were pushing people for college educations and not the trade schools. And the trade schools had a stigma about them, you know, that you're not smart enough for college. Right. So you go to trade school and, like, you're some kind of a lesser human being. Yeah. And which is, they're smarter human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, uh, those kids that I went to high school with, I knew them and I knew that they weren't dumb. They just were doing what they wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I knew a bunch of kids that came out and they were doing like automotive repair and auto body repair and carpentry and stuff, stuff like that. And they got out and they're making, you know, $15 more an hour than I am right now because they're like, I'm on this. Like, I know I got mm-hmm. this, you know, I came out of this with all this, with all this certification, all these certificates and whatever and got a job, you know? Oh, yeah. Fixing cars and now i'm doing something that i love and i'm making a really good money at it and i'm gonna do it forever you know and the the best thing about a trade is a trade is another word for a skill yeah you have a skill set that not everybody has and it's unless you're z-man you kind of have you're truly a jack of all trades yeah in our world a little bit of everything yeah and i mean if your water heater breaks what is that two hundred thousand dollar college degree in business management going to do for you? Right. Nothing. Hopefully, you've got a paycheck enough, big enough to call the local plumber to come out and fix it for you. If you can get a plumber to show up because there are in demand and there's not enough to go around. Yeah, and he Same can't be there until next week, so you're going to have next to Next week huh? would be a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was right after we, Morgan and I recorded the show last week. Um, I had this, I had like the worst headache of my whole life. So if you listened or watched last week's show, that's why I was off my game, FYI. <laughs> but we get done, she goes back to the house and I think we were going to go over and watch Seahawks game over there. And I was just, I can't, I can't, man, I'm hurting too bad. I got to like lay down or something. And not half hour later, 
the electricity in a corner of my house. So essentially one wall in my house just goes out. Just, just stops gone. working, all the yeah. plugs, all the everything. Everything. Couldn't figure it out, had no idea what was going on. Thankfully, my older brother, my half-brother, is an electrician. Has a nice little electric company in Paulsbo. Yeah. Um, shout out MD Electrical. <laughs> and uh, so I called him up like in a pan. I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. I checked all the breakers. I did the very little I know how to do. But now I need an electrician. And so he just walked me through some stuff and bing, bang, boom, fixed problem. But if I had to actually call an electrician, it first of all, probably wouldn't have been able to come out that day because it's Sunday. Lucky if I'd get anybody at all. Right. And then how long I'd have to wait. I'd have to pay probably five, 600 bucks just for somebody to come out and take a look. <coughs> you know? And so it, it behooves people to get into the trades because when you have a problem like that with your house or whatever, you can call somebody. Somebody might be available. And if they're not the only gig in town, they're n- it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. It helps everybody. You know, not they, only that, you know, and you learn a trade like electricity, be an electrician and plumber and all this kind of stuff. Carpenter. I <clears throat> probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, there's a lot of side work available out there. Definitely. Yes. That's how a lot Craigslist of people, is a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how a lot of people start their own businesses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got the skill. But once you retire... And you still want to remain working a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I know people that are retired in the trades that work some extra just to fund their golf habit. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's something you can take with you for the rest of your life. My Uncle Bobby, shout out Uncle B, um, he he was like our handyman the whole time that I grew up. Anytime anything was done in my house, Uncle Bobby came over and he was the one doing it. You know what I mean? He... He added on to my grandma's bathroom and her downstairs and like built a sunroom and stuff like that on her house. All kinds of stuff like that. Of course, like, I got this. I'll handle it. And he was retired. Like he, the whole time he was retired, you know, but that's, mm-hmm. he said that's just what he did. He just had these skills from the jobs that he had had before and was able to continue to make money and mm-hmm. was super old and still doing it and was like, I'm doing good. So did it add it on to his own house, you yeah. know, just cause he's like, well, why not? My, one of my bosses officially retired Friday, so yesterday. Yeah. He'll still be in on Monday. He's yeah. still going to come in and work a few days a week probably. He's, that's what he does. It's his trade. It's his life. I mean, he wouldn't, even if he was to get away tomorrow, he might be able to take a two-week vacation. Right. But then he'd get the itch and he'd want to go do something again, you know? You know, that's a nice thing about trades. It's not always just work. Yeah. You know, not necessarily going to the office nine to five and sitting at a computer and blah, 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 getting out there and doing stuff that you might actually enjoy. Yeah. Building houses, you know, I mean, it's, there's a part of it for some of us that think it's fun. You know, it's, there's something to be said from creating something from nothing, you know, pulling a piece of neoprene out, cutting some stuff out, gluing, stitch, boom. Now you have a useful object out of just a stretchy piece of fun fabric. Yeah. Essentially. You know, that's and just knowing who you are, the little bit that I do and working with you for those years, I knew you were a uh, an enthusiast for the trades. <laughs> well, you know, I like working with my hands. Just mm-hmm. like you said, the the pleasure you get from making something out of nothing. You know, I, I built two sheds in the backyard this summer. Yeah. And it's like 
it's fun. You know, you start with nothing and, you know, at the end of the day, you see progress. And as time goes by, you have a finished product there that you can use. You've improved your property and you didn't have to pay somebody to do it. Yeah. And I've always lived on, uh, what I say is if I can, uh, do it myself, I'm going to do it. I won't pay anybody to do anything that I could possibly do myself. I would rather. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know, but I'll look it up and I'll learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll give it a good shot. Um, it usually comes out okay. Well, that pursuit of knowledge, too, I think kind of goes hand in hand with being in the trades yeah. in general. Because you start out usually as like an apprentice. And your main job is to learn for the next X number of years, whether it's, you know, the hands-on experience and learning from that or learning the the theory behind what you know actually physically happens and mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of you know numbers and geometry involved in say building a shed you know there's a lot of that stuff if you want to put some kind of a you know you got to have some kind of slope on your roof right you're going to have to figure that out there's some really basic math that you can you can play with there or you can just kind of size it up and make well, that's the way lot, I used to do it a lot of it is just plain no good old common sense mm. and unfortunately there's a large population around that have none of that <laughs> no argument there and uh but if you have common sense when it comes to building small projects like that mm-hmm. and i was fortunate enough to work on a framing crew for a while yeah so it gave me some really good basic carpenter skills and I actually worked for one person that we built one place from the footings of the foundation to the formica on the countertops. Oh, that's cool. So I've got my hands dirty in every aspect Everything. of yeah. laying brick, mm-hmm. you know, uh, siding, roofing, uh, like I said, formica countertops, yeah. uh, all that stuff, trim work, all of it. And I've carried it through my life with me and it's, it's worked out quite well. Yeah, I totally agree. The like, so so the very first job I had was for a summer. I did construction with. I had like a paid internship, and when I got there, we were doing like the subflooring and all that shit. And we did like radiant heating in the floors. And then when I left, they were finishing up like all the stairs and all the insulation and shit on the inside. So we did like most of that stuff, and it was mm-hmm. like a a three, you know, a triplex or what the fuck ever. Um, and that's. There's not a whole lot of shit that I remember from that, but even just like when I had to put up that closet, you know, and like stupid <coughs> stuff like that, when I have to finish up the baby's room, like that's mm-hmm. going to be a useful thing that I'm like, okay, I can remember kind of like how this goes, you know? Yeah. It's all the stuff that I've had to do on my car. You know, the Land Rover was, was a great gift, um, but if I fucking hate this car as much as I love <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? And everything is so expensive to get done on it that it was a huge incentive to learn how to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know. Growing up with a single mother, I didn't know shit about most of that stuff. And so I'm still learning it now. Um, and that's how I, I changed the water pump in the Land Rover. I did the, the, the stupid ass ignition, you know, like I had to do all of that stuff that I, for the same reason. Like if I can figure out how to do it myself, I would way rather do that than have to pay someone else to do it. You know? Yeah. Well, with, you know, YouTube and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Like there's no reason that you shouldn't at least try. Yeah. yeah. Thank God for YouTube University, man. Yes. 
I've learned how to do so much from there. That's how I learned to do those things with the car is I found the company who sold the part and had it made a video on how to do it. And I was like, well, that is perfect. And Boom. that's how I did that. You know, Dude, I used YouTube for stuff in my career. Yeah. Like, because there's, we do a lot of, uh, stuff with like CAD drafting now. Yeah. And I'm starting to get into that world. And that is of, the CAD world runs super deep. complicated. Yeah. It's super complicated. Thank God for YouTube for yeah. just at least pointing me in the right direction, give me some kind of basis to take a step forward. And then I start to play around with and, and kind of learn. It does help though, I think that at least, like again, in, in the trades, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a big population in there that enjoys learning new things just for learning's sake. I mean, would you say that's kind of a true statement, generally? He because you're at least when you're he, asking me or him, or no, just I guess us. both. Yeah. Open yeah. question to the table here. I know. I think so. I think that's why I have this stupid game that we play, and that's why I spend all this time learning politics and reading all these books and doing all this stuff. I know. I know. I know all kinds of stupid stuff that bears no relevance in my life and doesn't change anything you know makes people laugh when i tell them you know or like just makes people smile or whatever it's that's i think for some people it does some people couldn't give a shit you know i think well a lot of times people are just generally lazy yeah because learning does take effort but it's and i so this is a problem that i personally run into that frustrates me right people who will pose questions and they're like oh i wonder why this happens right and then they'll text somebody on their phone. Fucking Google it. Take two seconds. Like, because, because it's not as hard as it used to be to learn that. You know, you don't have to go to a library and find the book anymore. You can Google it. And it, the answer, Google will even find the answer from a website and put it above everything else. So you don't even have to open a different website. Like, yeah. it's just right <laughs> it's there. right there. You know, like it's, you know, I, I wrote this. I, I have this phrase that I use all the time now and I, tried and tried and tried last night to find who I could attribute it to originally being said. And the closest thing I got, and don't give this away because you might actually know where this is from, but it was said by a Professor Hubert Farnsworth. Word. <laughs> it is, the pursuit of knowledge is hopeless and eternal. And that's something that should be celebrated. That comes from a cartoon show on Fox, used to be on Fox, called Futurama. Yeah. And I swear to God, those are words that I live by to this day. And I love it because once you kind of get into that world of learning new things and just for fun even, and then a lot of times you learn things for fun that turns out to be useful in the future. Yeah. Especially if you go on Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need Jeopardy. We have, mm, that's bullshit. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's something I wrote down last night. Cause I, I knew we'd be talking somehow or other around this and I wanted to bring up, you know, future learning outside of school. Cause I, th- I think it's like you said, people, generally are probably kind of lazy when it comes to learning things. Yeah. I, I think that has to do with, you know, generally people don't like to struggle much anymore because it's 2018, man. Life should be pretty easy, right? Right. But struggle, you know, breeds confidence, accomplishment. I mean, it, it brings new things and if you're not struggling, whether that's trying to learn something new or 
other. I mean, what are you doing? Just sitting down and watch TV at the end of the day? Playing video games? Nothing wrong with any of those. But right. should work some struggle into your daily life, you know? Especially if you have a job where you're just sitting in an office all day and you know, whether you're at a call center or you're customer service somewhere doing something important, but you know, better yourself every day. Learn something new every day. Well, and that's so that uh, the blog post that I did last week mm-hmm. um, that I don't know if I've talked to you about Dr. Jordan Peterson or not before, um, but he is this psychologist from Canada um, and he gained fame or infamy, however you want to put it, when they introduced a bill into Canadian Parliament that was called Bill C-16 that was going to implement the use of 75 different gender pronouns um, that like people could choose to be identified by, right? And Dr. Peterson's argument was that new legislation coupled with the Ontario Human Rights Commission, right? There was some particular code in there that said that if you misidentified somebody it was a hate crime Mm -hmm. right and so he's saying that this new bill coupled with this part of the ontario human rights commission if you accidentally misidentify somebody they can they can sue you for hate crime and you could be sent to prison for accidentally misgendering somebody you you don't even know right so he goes and he testifies in front of parliament he's like you have to understand right he's like i'm not saying that Everybody is going to make this case. I said, but the idea that we're even allowing that door to be opened, it's like, we can't do that, you know, and the bill got passed. That's that's something that exists in Canada now today. And so that is something that is a possibility. Would an example of that be like a transgender person and somebody calls him sir? Yeah. 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 And and you don't even know, but they can go and they can say this person, you know, it's a. It's it's discrimination, and discrimination is a hate crime under the Ontario Human Rights Commission. And so yeah. you can say this person discriminated against me. That's a hate crime, and you mm-hmm. can be sent to prison for accidentally mis like mm-hmm. using the wrong pronoun. Yeah, it's called it generally it's called compelled speech. Yes. And so the state now <laughs> is compelling you to speak a certain way, yeah. and you no longer have free speech. And so he wrote a book that is called Twelve Rules for Life: An Antidote to Chaos, and it is. And I wouldn't say directed towards young men, but has largely been picked up by young men because it's it's just it's a way to like 12 things that just teaches you how to focus all your energy and all your shit into something productive instead of just nonsense, you know. And so I've been doing every Wednesday, we put out a blog post on saltofthestreets.com and we switch back and forth. And so I've been doing all of my pieces the last couple of weeks on a different rule from the book. And so the one last week that I did was pursue what is meaningful. Yeah. Pursue what is meaningful and not, not what is expedient, you know? And so the whole post is about like, you have to struggle in your life or else you're not learning anything. You know, you have to struggle to be able to appreciate what you have and to be able to learn to appreciate what you have. You know, it's none of that stuff is worth it at the end of the day. If you just continue to take the easy route all the time. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's super duper important and super duper. Yeah. And just like, just that with the kids that are the people that are my age, not being taught that, you know, because we are taught like, well, you're all, 
you're all individually special in your own way, you know? Everybody gets and, a trophy. And with that, you can all make your own opportunity. You know, you shouldn't have to have your own job or even, you know, you shouldn't even have to fit into a, a particular gender role that exists, you know, because you are so special. You know, you you are your own thing. <laughs> You know, and it gets us to these points where people people don't want to have a hard job. You know, we we don't want to even be identified as something scientifically just for the ease of of the fucking government to count people. You know, like we have to you know I want to be something extra. I can't I don't I don't want to be identified as these two things. You know, I'm I'm more special than that on a you know, an official level, too. And that's yeah. And I I just mm-hmm. that's a, a horrible, horrible flaw with my generation that I don't know exactly where that came from you know but it's it's, my generation too i still fit into that millennial category unfortunately well you just inspired me to write my own book oh my god yes well that's actually why we're here it's it's called driver stop the bus i want off (laughs) (laughs) well you know and in the original concept of america that was kind of the idea. Yeah. Is these states could kind of develop anywhere they wanted. Every every state was was its own little experiment. And if you were born into the great Pacific Northwest and you were born into this, you know, crazy leftist area that we kind of are, mm-hmm. if you don't want to be there, you can pick up stakes and go someplace else that you know, that reflect the the values that that you have. Don't need and, a passport to move to Texas. No. And in some ways, you could still do that, but yeah. by putting more and more things on the on a federal level, that's kind of an all encompassing umbrella. You're kind of negating that, which I think is a fundamental flaw of what we view the government in as these days. But yeah, that's a whole nother. Yeah, that's a series of podcasts. To have <laughs> but on the on the topic of values, Dave, would you say that you have? A number of core values that you you like to live your life by, even subconsciously. Yeah, you know. So what what are like the first three that just pop into your head? Well, it it goes back to the first thing you learn in school, and that's the golden rule. You know, just do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you. Yeah, and if everybody lived by that. This would be a wonderful place to live, right? You know, uh, honesty, integrity. Uh, you know, be all you can be. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's try to you know the way I try to live my life is like what I want me for a neighbor. It's a good place. That's a good place to start, man. Yeah, that's actually I think. I mean, we talked about Jordan Peterson. That's one of his key points is you know he always has this phrase this you know clean your clean up your room mm-hmm. you know live life well i don't know if i want to phrase it that way but <laughs> yeah, essentially do the best you can in your life to square yourself away yeah. in that way you could be a good example for everyone else and you know and if you try to do the best you can every day to live you know to have a clean room you know, you will, the people that encompass your life might try to do the same. Well, I try to live that way too in my relationship with, you know, my woman. I've always tried to do that. And that is, you know, wake up every day and say, what can I do today to make her say, 
I'm glad I chose you as a life partner. And rather than, you know, some people have a tend to, tendency to pick and beat up their spouses or significant others. Mm-hmm. And or things just get mundane and you get stuck in a rut. And But you just got to say, you know, what can I do today to make her life just a little bit better and make her happy that I'm with her? Yeah. And if you constantly repeat that to yourself, it becomes part of your way you live. And it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of stuff. It's right. Just like one right. little thing, like easy stuff. Know, picking up the dishes, yeah. letting her read her book, or, you know, just simple things. Plate of breakfast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Just little things like turning the covers back for her, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just little things like that. It just makes people's lives just so much better. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you know, the new Mercedes Benz or a trip yeah. to Hawaii or whatever. Right. It's just the little things on a daily basis. So it's the little things that can, that can make it and also like put you over the edge on a bad day. You know, if you're having a shitty day and then one really tiny thing happens and then you're like, fuck it, you know, I'm done. I'm over this shit. I'm going to bed. Like I'm just, I'm done with the day, you know, but if you're having a terrible day and you come home and yeah, someone has cooked dinner or they put away the dishes, you're like, that's nice. You know, that's what I needed today because my day at work was such trash or whatever other things happened today. You know, that's yeah. Rule 32, man. It's all about little things. Yeah. Cherish the little things. Because that's what day-to-day life is. It's Like you said, it's not that once, maybe once-in-a-lifetime trip to Hawaii or something like that. Right. That's not going to do you any good if you can't stand waking up in the morning, you know, or going to bed at night, you know. It's little things like whoever's the last one out of bed makes the bed. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, that could make somebody's day. And, and you never know... When, you know, you, when your significant other comes home from work, you know, whatever one of you is home first or something like that, you never know exactly how their day went completely. And just doing one little thing to help make their life a little easier could be that one, that could be the, the turning point of the day to either this was a good day or this was a total crap day. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, she could walk through the door and having, having a terrible day or something and you could be sitting on the couch and, Watching TV and just go, huh? <laughs> you know, or you could get up and say, "Hey, welcome home. Great to see your face." Yeah, and a hug and a kiss, and you know, can I get you anything? Yeah, you hungry? Yeah, you there's know, a nice glass of wine right over there for right. you. Right, <laughs> it's and been breathing already. Yeah, <laughs> those, those things is what make the world a good place to live in. Yeah, and beer. You guys want more beer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you want me to go get it? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I well, while Dawn is up, let me ask about your one of the things that makes you happy in life, Dave. And I'm beer. I'm, I'm assuming other than beer, uh, music. As long as I've known you, you've always been active in bands or music in some form, and. You know, you were kind enough to give us a little tour of your nice house here, and you showed us your little practice space down, down, downstairs with the drum set and everything. And you, you have a show coming up. Is it tonight or this weekend? You said tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon. <clears throat> so, how long have you been playing music? Well, I didn't get started in it until I was in my fifties. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, on a serious basis. Interesting. Yeah, and. Was involved with a couple of bands 
over that stretch of time. And uh, it's interesting because we're going to play tomorrow at a fundraiser. Uh, it's a freebie show for us. We're just donating our time. But our band hasn't played in 14 months. So. <laughs> and we haven't practiced either, so... Oh, it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, we're just going to play a lot of the stuff we played. We were together for eight years playing, you know, quite regularly. So it's all muscle memory at this point. Yeah. We won't, you know, skip a beat. Mm-hmm. But um, music, it was kind of fun. I haven't been doing much of it lately because our band kind of went its own way for various reasons. But... It was kind of fun because I didn't get started in it till late in life, and I see a lot of people. I know a lot of people in the in the music locally that has been doing it since they're teenagers. You mm-hmm. know, and they're my age, and they're still doing it. And I think I have kind of an advantage over them because it was new and refreshing to learn all this in my fifties. You know, I always messed around with guitar since I was a kid, mm-hmm. but never did anything seriously. So, when I had the opportunity to get involved, I went full guns, and I spent a lot of money on equipment. I that does happen. <laughs> countless hours learning. You know, this whole playing bass for this band was kind of thrown at me. And so, you play bass mostly? Yeah. Okay. And that's exclusively what I do right now. But I had to learn it in a yeah. short amount of time. So that band could get out and do some more gigs and stuff, and it was—I spent an awful lot of time just learning. I did terrible, poor. <laughs> no judgment. So, what kind of music do you guys play? You well, we just do cover songs, you know, classic rock, everything from you know Zeppelin, ZZ Top. Our tagline is everything from Elvis to Primus. <laughs> did, you, did you say the name of your band already? No. The name of the band is Snakebite. Yeah, I love that name. We should talk about some of the other bands that you were into. Yeah, we have our own gang sign, Snakebite. <laughs> Snakebite. <laughs> the Fangs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, I was associated with a band called Z-Rex and the Ninjas. And I only got involved with that because my wife, or my ex-wife now, got picked up as a lead singer with their band. Oh, there you go. And I started running sound for them and... And then eventually you got to play second guitar in the, with them on a assorted amount of songs throughout the night. And mostly I ran the sound for them. But as all bands uh, experience the inevitable breakup. Yeah, right. And do you realize that on the national average, these little bands, local bands and stuff, only last 18 months? Wow. That's the average lifespan of a local bar band really yeah i could see that though just because you think about like a a small time kind of pickup band if you will everybody's got a you know a full-blown career and a life and you know it's got to be hard well it's it's an incredible incredibly complicated thing to get four or five adults (laughs) together Uh to agree on one thing or find the time to practice or agree to take a gig because nobody's busy that weekend. There's all kinds of things uh, that can really cause a lot of problems in the band. And 
uh, I can see it when you're young because nobody has anything else to do anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so the band is a thing. You can put all your focus in it. But when you're older, you know, oh, God, I got the kids that are in baseball and I got a tournament that week. And Oh, yeah. Uh, my wife hates music. So she hates, <laughs> this, hates this band, that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of tough. Well, shit, we have hard <clears throat> enough time sometimes just trying to make this work once a week sometimes. And yeah. we don't have we don't have kids yet. You're no. almost there. Jordan is um, thirty one weeks tomorrow. So you ready, Big Daddy? Yeah, nine weeks out from <clears throat> from the due date. So we are danger close. Yeah, yeah, I can see that being a a huge issue, man. I mean, I've been playing drums off and on most of my life. Again, I started when I was you know a kid because. My parents were saying, you know, you're going to learn an instrument. You're going to be banned and all that good stuff. And I think that's probably one of the best things that my parents could have ever forced me to do because yeah. you carry that with you pretty much your whole life. But, man, there's always a part of me, man, when there's, you know, like I really like uh, some of the old school 90s rock bands because I grew up in that era, like Green Day and Offspring and, you know, even Nirvana and stuff. So many times, like, man, I wish I could just. I had a group of friends that we can all get together and mm-hmm. just play these songs. But, you know, I'm more realistic than I don't have time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I got into it, I made the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, I had the support of my wife at the time because she was involved in the band, too. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a common goal and a common interest between the two of us. And it was some wild, crazy times, but, you know, because we're playing, you know, over 30 gigs a year. And, you know, that's quite a few weekends taken up. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. You know, because when you have to make the time for that, there's only so much time to make. You only got 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. Right. How many days a week were you guys practicing? Uh, Usually just once, once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Snakebite band and the beginning of that band, they were practices. We would practice on Saturday from nine in the morning till six o'clock at night. Damn. So it was, it was a whole day devoted to that. Going home, your fingers are bleeding from playing guitar all day. But we were trying to get enough music together so that we'd go out and fill a night. Yeah. So it took a lot of practice. Then after that, you know, it was you know, a few hours on Saturday, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a weeknight, or whenever it was, but uh, <laughs> haven't practiced in a long time. So tomorrow should be really interesting. You guys gonna get together and do like a, uh, you know, show up early and no, no, jump right into it. We've been trying to nail down a, a day that we can practice since we found out we we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And no, I can't make it that day. How about this? No, can't make it that day. Nope. Blah, blah, blah. So it's coming down to, we were supposed to do it last Monday night, and our guitar player said, oh, man, things are crazy here. I can't make it. So I guess practice is going to be at the show. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> and so you, this is a fundraiser? Yeah. For like a local charity event? or Yeah. I'm not too clear about exactly what it is. I, the thing that I heard in the beginning was, there was an equestrian center that burnt down, and they they boarded uh, orphan type 
horses and stuff. It was a place for unwanted and mm-hmm. abused or whatever horses to, to live. And the place burnt to the ground, and they're trying to raise money to rebuild. That's cool. I'm always down for That's weird. That's yeah, super sure. sad. Well, yeah. the person that organized it, it was part of his uh, family or uh, friend, or I don't, I don't know how he's associated with it, but he's a good friend with our guitar player. So the guitar player organized this event and asked our guitar player if we would be interested in doing it. And, of course, we said yes, because we're suckers for free gigs. Heck, yeah. <laughs> At least with the free gig, there's not too much pressure. You just have to worry about everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. I do what I can to instill confidence. Well, that's what I, that's what I keep telling myself. Hey, they're going to get what they pay for, right? <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys will do fine. I'm sure. First song might be a little rough, but then all of a sudden you'll find that. You'll find jump right back on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are certain songs that we never practice anyway. Oh, but we play them every time because every time we practice them, we get it, nail the song, and then go to the show and screw it up. So there's one song by Ram Jam. We play Black Betty, Mm -hmm. that song. And it's like nobody around here plays that song. So we don't even practice it anymore. This is what it is. We're going to go play it. It's in the set list. We're going to play it. (laughs) And then we'll all look at each other like, wow, we did it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, when you're up on stage like that, you're just kind of in it. You just have fun with it. If there's not, if you're not worried about it coming up and you're like, hey, let's just do that. Yeah, let's do it. I can imagine that. There's a big mental block that you just kind of get over and be like, all right, no, let's rock this out. Well, the thing is, is that everybody makes mistakes when they're playing live music. That's just a gimme. And the difference between certain bands is how well you cover it up. Yeah. If you can cover it up and nobody notices that you made a mistake, then, you know, you're on top of the game. Yeah. But it's when you... I've known some bands that they make a really horrible mistake and they just stop. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like they looking at each other now. What'd you do? You did that? I don't know. What'd you do? You did it. And then they go, where were we? And they try to pick up the song. Oh, no. no. It's like, That's not healthy. No, you just move on. Yeah. <laughs> just Somebody hit a sour note. Just keep rolling. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's a creative license. That's what, that's what that is. <laughs> That's Con- what was. Kanye West was on SNL one time. He's probably been on a couple of different times, but um, one time he was performing and f- just completely forgot the words to his song, like in the middle, and just said it, and but kept going. You know, he just started freestyling, and yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Our singers like that, he'll forget sometimes, but he'll just make them up. Yeah, <laughs> and if you can do good enough, you're good to go. Well, he's pretty sharp that way. So yeah, did he already ask you how long you've been playing music? Yeah. How long you been playing music? Well, I haven't started yet. I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say the same thing to him? No. <laughs> I'm glad. At least they didn't have to hear that joke twice. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in some people's opinion, I haven't started yet. <laughs> You're just kind of fucking around. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a musician. I'm a bass player. (laughs) Did you ever want to like be in a big band or you just do it for fun? It's just a fun thing. Yeah. 
Just always like a side hobby. Yeah. Jordan's stepdad, Leif, is in a band called Jaded Mary. Um, and so they've, I mean, they've done all kinds of performances, but they did like the, the main stage at Hempfest this last year. And that was pretty cool to go and watch them do that. They've been on a couple like little, like local radio stations and stuff. And it's cool. Well, I think that I don't care who you are. In my opinion, every person in the world has fantasized about being in a rock band. Yeah, definitely. It's, fantasized about being on stage and just wailing out some music. I mean, every kid has their rock idols and all this kind of stuff. But it's not that many that actually get to experience it. Yeah. And for me, starting as late as I did, it was really a thrill. And it was very nerve-wracking. I was very nervous. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was a wreck. Yeah. But once you get over that, and it's really fun. But, you know, there's not a... You take a group of 100 people and ask them, how many of you have ever stood in front of 200 people and played live music? Not very many. Yeah. Much less talk in front of more than 10 people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, like in my case, if I could ask how many people has been 145 feet under the surface of the sea with scuba... And how many you think could say, oh, yeah, me? No. How many people's jumped off cliffs with hang gliders, you know? Yeah. Mm. You've been hang gliding before? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been that, hell of times? I got involved with that at the birth of its sport. Really? Yeah. A bunch of us guys saw it in a magazine, and we collected our money and bought kites, and we were on our way. And Is that wild as fuck? Oh, yeah. That sounds so awesome. It is. And there's no bigger thrill. I mean, I've jumped out of airplanes with parachutes. Yeah. Which is the absolute biggest thrill of my life. But jumping out or jumping off a cliff with a hang glider is totally different because it's pilot error at that point. That can mess you up. When you're skydiving, you've got gravity as your guide and you've got a chute that pulls the chute. Yep. And, but taken off of a cliff and you're 2,500 feet above the <laughs> basin below. And if you don't do it right, you know, you got trouble. Oof. But yeah, that we used to do that. We used to load up a van after work. There'd be four of us in a van with kites <laughs> on top and two coolers full of beer. And we'd head to Eastern Washington and fly kites all weekend. You ever see anybody crash? Me, you crashed this <laughs> shit <laughs> like just into the ground or into what happened? See well, that one, one time. This is really oh god, more infancy. than one time. <laughs> we used to, I mean, now they have all these sophisticated harness systems. Back in the day when they first started, they had nylon webbing coming down to a plastic swing seat, like you'd see on a kid's swing set, really, with oh, a clip buckle seat belt. Oh my god, and I mean, it was just really, really crazy. Yeah. You're trusting your life to all this stuff, right? I mean, the kites were built well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this seat system in it was really stupid. And I remember one time I was That's a little... It's so tough. <laughs> this headwind coming up the hill, and it was kind of a sloping start. It wasn't a cliff. And I started running down the hill, and the kite pops up like this because it had the headwind. And this swing seat started coming up my back because I had no butt. 
I still don't have any butt. But Me either, man. It started sliding up like this, and it started going up higher and higher. And I'm pretty soon, instead of having a trapeze bar down here like this, it's like up here, <laughs> and I can't stall the kite. All I can do is steer it. Mm. So I'm hanging. It's almost up to my armpits at this point. And oh my god, (laughs) to this beach, right? And I can't stall the kite out to slow it down to stop. So it just like has a glide ratio back then of about four to one. So it's coming down pretty fast, and it just goes boom into the beach. And it was like rocks, about four inches across. You know, (laughs) I bent the trapeze bar in half. Good thing I had a helmet on and some tall lace up boots. But <laughs> there you go. Did you Helmet break anything? Lace up boots. Yeah, did you break anything uh, when you went down other than your kite? Uh, I racked up my ankle really bad. This might have been the start of what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then one time I flipped one over on takeoff. It like was a re- really windy day, and I was getting help taken off from a ground guy on the ground. And he let go one of the wires first, made the kite flip over. Oh, shit. And it broke the kite, but it didn't break me. Just my spirit, because I was was, was in eastern Washington. We still had two days of flying to go. Yeah. Damn. So you just just had to watch, or did you, like, share a kite with somebody? No, I just was a designated driver, because we had four people, three kites. One guy has to go down and pick you up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, right? Man. That's got to be tough. You should have broke that dude's car. You should have done the same thing to him, you know, helped him take off. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm so sorry. I don't no, know. we quit flying because the wind was too strong. <laughs> <laughs> you were the first person and the last person that day. <laughs> I see guys all the time over that uh, Walmart uh, area in Port or in Poulsbo, right up the top of the project there with a bunch of vacant lots and stuff. Mm-hmm. These guys will roll out in this van. They'll come out and they have those power parachutes with the little like essentially like the lawnmower with the mm-hmm. with the parachute on it. You see them all the time. They go up there after work and then they just, you know, cut holes in the sky on these things for hours. Yeah. I want to get into that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. There's some dude in Keyport that has like a I don't know. It's it's almost like a helicopter but like not really, you know? It's it's almost like a go-kart with a fucking with a propeller on top. Gyro, yeah, gyrocopter. Is that? Yeah, it it's a really strange <laughs> thing that like yeah, cuz I mean you can see the dude, you know, it's a really tiny contraption that he's in mm-hmm. and, and he's just doing his thing and I'm like that's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't It's like what uh James Bond, I think. Uh, yeah. One of those in uh <laughs> Uh, da, da, da. you only live twice. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, those things you have to have a runway to take off and land mm-hmm. because you get the the thing motion in motion from the propeller, and you have to get the blade spinning, and then the auto rotation of the of the blade will give you lift. So you need a runway to take mm-hmm. off and land with. So that guy probably has a bunch of property out there in Keyport that he just. God, that would be so cool, man. Poor man's flying. That's what I needed. You know, I don't really think that I have that many. So just thinking about being high up in the air, right? Um, I don't think I really have that many like fears like that. Like I don't think I'm really afraid of heights or or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the other day, I saw a video of a person going into 
a canyon or like a like a cave, you know. They're just going through stuff that they like are just having to do this to go through it and tiny holes mm-hmm. that they have to go through like this. And I'm like, there's no way. I, I would freak out if I was put into a spot like that. And I don't even think if someone were to, were to ask me if I was claustrophobic, I would be like, no, that's like, I don't, you know. But the thought of being halfway through that and being like, I'm stuck. I, I'm, I'm going to die because like there's nowhere. I can't go anywhere. I'm done. You know, I can't. I don't, I don't know. That's all right. This summer we're gonna go uh, caving a little bit. I think there's some spots up in uh, Eastern Washington that look pretty cool. I'll do that, just not, just not this. You know? Yeah, just, no, we'll, just we'll find that. a nice crack that we can wedge ourselves in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll test out our true claustrophobia. I just, know what you mean. I I don't like that feeling either. That just like when I was watching that video, it made my heart start to pound. Just mm-hmm. thinking about, I don't. I was like, that's that's terrible. I don't even like sleeping in a mummy bag. Oh, oh yeah, where you can't move your legs, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I have this reoccurring dream, or I used to I haven't had it lately, but I used to have it all the time where I'm cl- climbing a stairwell and going down halls and another stairwell, and it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller until Ooh. it's just I have to get through there, but I can barely even move. Yeah, and I can't go backwards, and I wake up in a cold sweat, and it's like, Ooh. yeah, that seems like some. uh Oh, what's the name of that older show? Crap. The Twilight Zone? Boom. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't had that since I got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if those two things are connected somehow. Yeah, right. Have you ever seen um, American Horror Story? No. Have you, you've seen this show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think there's like eight or nine seasons of it. It's a show that's on FX and all the seasons are, about different stuff right and so one of them is about like a haunted house and one of them is about an insane asylum and one of them is about like a uh, a group of witches and mm-hmm. and they're, they're pretty good um it's really and, cool they're reoccurring actors like the cast is yeah. mostly the same every time but but the storyline is different it's yeah pretty cool <laughs> and the <laughs> last one that we watched was um a cult one and that's yeah. not the one that's on tv right now but that was like the last one and they the cold would like find out what people's darkest fears were and then like kill them that way and they were stealing this dude's i think this is how it was spoiler alerts or whatever they were like going to a therapist's office and like searching through his files and then finding those people and killing them in like those ways that they were doing so one woman who was having nightmares about being buried alive, right? And she had, like, just gotten over this and, like, had this breakthrough or whatever. So she goes, she's, like, going to have sex with her husband and goes out into the kitchen to get some shit and then goes back in there. And there's two coffins set up in this room. And these people are shoving her husband into one and then shove her in another one and close it and just, just bolt it closed and just leave them there. And like, like right after she's gotten over this and they, uh, there's like five or six people to kill this way. And like, not that exact way, but it just in their worst fears. Yeah. And I'm like, that is fucked up. That was the darkest season that I've ever watched was that one. Yeah, just because. Hard, no, yeah, I don't like that. Idea. It was really intense. Shit. Ryan Reynolds did a whole movie on that. Being buried alive. Yeah. I can't oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Shit. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. That that is a movie, and he. Yep, I watched that. <laughs> he's like a, he's like a truck driver, um, in the Middle East. He gets commissioned, um, to to drive whatever you know, mm-hmm. and 
gets captured by some terrorist group and they put him in a box and bury him in the fucking ground with a cell phone and like a lighter and I only watched it once and it was a couple years ago but they're trying <laughs> to get him to you know trying to get him to get his company to give them like X amount of dollars and so he's having to like deal with all that stuff what's that is it just called Buried? I'm trying to find it right now that would do it for me it's that movie is yeah it's tough I'd just get a hint of what they were going to do and i just Anything you want? <laughs> it's buried. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 2010. It was a pretty good movie. I think it was like an indie movie. And he does, I mean, it's largely just him in the entire movie, except for whoever he talks to intermittently on the mm-hmm. phone. Came right wild. after he did The Proposal with Sandra Bullock. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You hear he's going to be... Sorry, we've kind of shifted over to movie talk. Let's do it. Um, Pop culture time, son. <laughs> is it... The new there's a new Pikachu movie. Coming oh out. yeah, yeah, a new Pokemon Ryan, movie. Yeah, Ryan um, Reynolds plays is the the, the voice, voice of, of yeah. Pikachu. Yeah, um, I right. just saw the trailer for that the other day. I'm not. I mean, I obviously was the generation of Pokemon, so I had all the cards. I still have like a binder somewhere of all like the 150 like OG Pokemon cards mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know. Um, but I. I wasn't excited when I saw that. I wasn't. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not of the of the group that's still like, oh, this is going to be so sick, you know? I don't care about a Pokemon movie. The only um, reason that I might watch it for what? Well, actually, I guess there's two reasons. One, your wife is really into that shit. She loves it. Yeah. Ever since that Pokemon Go game came out, oh my god! Like her and a bunch of her uh, the my people she works with, too. they all play that. Yeah. Like all of them. She's Even, still like, the bosses. Yeah, my they, brother's on that too. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't play it as much anymore, but they still talk about it. So she told me about it. And then she said, but Ryan Reynolds does the voice. And I was like, okay, I think I'm in just because I will pretty much watch anything Ryan Reynolds does. Yeah. Ever since, what was that movie he did where he was like the fat guy when he was young and then he lost a bunch of weight? Just Friends. Uh, just Friends. Oh, I love Just Friends. Have you seen that movie, Dave? No. Oh, Dave, Just Friends but is you great. You like movies, correct? You, yeah, you can ask me about any movie and I can give you the same answer. No. What about, no. okay, <laughs> so I watched a couple of movies well i was sick last week and i watched a couple movies right so mm-hmm. so i watched unforgiven right clint eastwood you seen that one right um that one was really good and then i watched another one that is pretty new that was a christian bale movie called hostels um, yeah cowboy that movie, is, right? yeah that's on netflix and it was pretty good he plays i don't remember exactly what year it was but he's in the military and he has to take an Indian chief who has cancer back to like his homeland um, so that he can like die. Mm-hmm. But he has some personal history with this Indian chief. Like he's killed a bunch of his homeboys at some particular battle. And so he has to like protect him and stuff along the way. And they find this lady whose husband got murdered and all this stuff. It's a pretty good movie. I was, I'm a fan. It looked pretty good. Trailers yeah. look good. And I, I wish th- I had time for more movies, but I just yeah, don't. Me too. I actually went to a movie yesterday. Which movie? Uh, I went to see that Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, how was it? It was pretty interesting. I heard uh, good things. I thought the actor that did uh, Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Mercury really did a great job. That's kind of what I've heard. Yeah, and it's there were some interesting facts in the movie that I didn't know about. Yeah, you know how they got started and all that. His name is like Rami Malek or something like that. I think because he looks really familiar. Well, and he looks he looks kind of like yeah, Rami Malek. What else was he in? Um, Mr. Robot. That's yeah. what it was. And I've never seen that show, but I heard 
things like that. But what are some of your favorite movies, Dave? Mm, good lord. You don't have to narrow, you know, just I have, some. I have a hard time doing that, so I always just say whatever the first ones come to mind. Yeah. Because, yeah, I could never tell you what my favorite movie was. It's impossible. Mathematically, I'm pretty sure. You know, actually, one of my favorite movies of all time, believe it or not, is Forrest Gump. Really? It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. I didn't win all those awards for nothing. I'll that, say that. That movie is one that I can watch over and over again and never get tired of it. And uh, it's a well-made movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just don't get tired of it. Well, and it's about so much different stuff. Yeah. You know, he does so much different stuff in that movie. That yeah. it's like, it's He's responsible for every cult thing that happened in our history. Yeah. There, I mean, there's kids nowadays that I'm sure will spout lines from Forrest Gump that have no idea where it came from. So like, the, the Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> you can tell me what that's from. Yeah. It's from Forrest Gump, bro. What's that? Is that what, what movie is that? That's a movie? Yeah. You've never seen this movie? That's terrible. Well, beat your face. It's the it's meme culture gone awry. It's not it's not okay. Yeah. People these young kids nowadays, I'm talking about we I work with two like nineteen year olds. Maybe one of them's twenty, I can't remember. But they are on they're whatever generation is after millennial. And so, like, we just <clears throat> the we I can't generation on almost anything. It's, I have no idea what goes on in their world. It's called the I generation. The I gen. Oh, I yeah. I learned that because that generation has never existed without a cell phone or a computer. Mm. And so they're called the I generation. And like modern day cell phone or computers, yeah. not like you know computers not like a brick right like that like Like laptops yeah Um, like actual good laptops not fucking briefcase laptops Mm -hmm. um i heard that mc chris you know mc chris is Mm. he does he does uh his song called fets vet he does nerdcore rap that's about like it's it's a star wars song you you definitely know who mc chris is he was on kevin smith's podcast and i learned that from him that the i generation is what that's called and it makes sense yeah you know that and they Everything is about them. It's I this, I that. Yeah. That, that would make sense, too. Speaking of which, I also watched um, <laughs> Animal House last weekend when I was sick. <laughs> That's a great um, movie. It was fantastic. And then I watched another movie after that that is called A Strange and Futile Gesture. That is a new movie. Whatever the guy's name is that made that. Um, Animal House and National Lampoon's Magazine, whatever that dude's name is. Oh, yeah. Because I can't remember right now. It's about him and like him making the magazine and those movies and stuff like that. Oh, and okay. it's so it's like a drama biography. And he also like halfway narrates it. Like he'll kind of show up in the scenes, you know, they'll stop or whatever. And he'll interact with some of the characters. It was really good. It was, it was really, really good. I liked is it a lot. Is he in any of the movies? Um, yes, he's in Animal House. He is. When they're doing the parade, right? And there's the guy that leads the parade down the alley. Mm-hmm. That is the guy that wrote that movie. Oh, what the shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just gives himself tiny roles in that movie. Um, and in, in Caddyshack. And so there's people, there's people Caddyshack. who are playing like John Belushi and Chevy Chase and stuff. Like there's other actors that are playing all those people. It was, it was a good movie. That's I liked cool. it a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot of stuff about just, how the magazine started and stuff because I knew that the magazine existed, but I am also like young enough that I've never like seen a national lampoons magazine or like looked through one. You know, I just know that at one, one time it was a magazine. So to be able to see like 
a lot of the different covers and stuff they did because there's this whole montage of you know different really offensive covers they did and the people that wrote letters or like started you know like to try and sue them about whatever so there's like one cover where like mickey mouse is like flashing and she has like pasties on you know and so disney like tried to sue them over that and like just just stupid <laughs> shit like that a whole montage of the dude who who's publishing the magazine coming out of been like you know who the what the fuck did we do to these people and that was funny it was really funny it was a good movie i never i never knew it was a magazine I just thought it was oh, like a for a long like time, like almost like a production company. And just I just thought they made movies. Yeah, I didn't know there was a magazine to go <laughs> no, with it's that. It's a good stoner magazine. Yeah, it started. He started at um, the Harvard Lampoon because he went to Harvard, mm. and so he started at like it was like a comedic type of newspaper there, probably more satirical. Um, yeah, it was a lot of satire. Yeah, make poking fun at a lot of stuff. Yeah. Is, it was is really that good. what Mad used to be? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably this probably was like the originator of that. Well, no, because I think Mad Magazine was around at the time, but that was more um, adolescent. I think mm. like this was for more not Adult. adults, but like older teenagers and stuff like that. And they had mm. you know like um, he did a couple of like live action comic strips that he was in and there was like some nudity and shit in there and so it was you know Mm -hmm. it was more adult type of deal but it was yeah but it was still that type of idea it was it was a really good movie i was really into that and Mm -hmm. it definitely made me want to want to try and get my hands on some of those magazines you know what i'm saying i remember reading mad magazine when i was a kid yeah and then it turned into zap (laughs) yeah zap yeah I still have the original number one zap. Ooh. No shit. <laughs> 1967. Oh, my God. That's got to be worth some money these days. I still days. have it. I've got a few of them. i got it, like two and six and seven or something like that. Yeah. And there's a couple of spinoffs from them. The old R. Crumb stuff is just priceless. Yeah. That's really funny. <clears throat> well, speaking of comics and magazines, did you, did you hear that Stan Lee died this week? I didn't even know he was sick. I don't think he was. I think I he just yeah. died. Yeah, he was, no, 95. He was 95, so I yeah. think he just died. Yeah, that was a pretty big one. Yeah. Because I remember about maybe six, eight months ago, he got on this, he got on the Twitter machine, and he was just, it was really his first time on there, and he was just having a ball. You know, he'd make these little videos about, you know, he'd always be thanking his fans and this, that, and the other thing. That's all he ever really tweeted was these little, you know, fan base videos and, and texts and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden they kind of quit coming mm-hmm. a while ago and it, people thought that he might have just kind of taken a turn. His health has been kind of on a decline. But Well, someone tried to meet to him too a couple months back. Um, Bro. Yeah, someone tried to say that he had been like inappropriate with them and like he didn't think he was 94 at the time. Like, let the man be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The guy is 90 fucking four years old. Like what a waste of time. Yeah. Right. At this point, what do you like? What do you want? You know, like, what do you want from him? It's just too much. Yeah. So <clears throat> I could also see that playing a factor in his, you know, 94. You can get away with that. Stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was somebody, I think, a while back that kind of got called out for something like that. You know, it was one of the, a very similar situation. He was like doing fan pictures or something. And like somebody said that it like, it grabbed their ass oh, or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I remember who that was now. That was George H.W. Bush. 
Somebody tried to me to him. Really? And it's like, no, man, he's old and oh, senile. Yeah. That's what it is, man. man. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I saw that. But what do you what do you make all this kind of like the Me Too era these days? Wow. <laughs> I, was, I mean, you think about it, growing up in. I'm glad like I'm this. not a man of power. Yeah. Because I would probably be right there with them. I mean, throughout history, men of power have abused that power with women. And I mean, as far back as written history. Yeah, as far back as written history. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's time that people just keep them hand, their hands to themselves. And, you know, if they want something in particular, they got enough money to go pay for it. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think they need to respect the people that work for them and mm-hmm. just keep their hands to themselves. But I, I can see how it could possibly happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, especially, you know, I, I think back to all the controversy of president John F. Kennedy, you know, mm. and all that kind of stuff, you know, he's a man of power. Come on. Even Clinton, what he went through, he's a man of power. Yeah. This is kind of something that's happened throughout history. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. It's just, those are the things that happen and it's going to take something like the me too thing to scare people into just growing up and behaving themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost cause I mean, it, it's been at least in the earlier stages, it got pretty extreme with some of the kind of accusations that were unfounded You mm-hmm. know, for people like you and me really saw that come to a head in like the Kavanaugh case um, where there's no real, like the facts are real, real bare minimum, and it's hard to make a, a decision one way or the other. Right. And then there were some really hardcore, clear cut cases of like, this is just a fucking monster. And, but I think in, I don't know, what's it been a year or so, maybe two years? Probably, yeah. kind of kicked off. I think it's kind of done its job. It's like you're saying that's almost like a scare tactic that's come into play, and people are now going, okay, well, let's be smart about this. Let's be, let's not be stupid. You know, I would, I would hope that at least in today's world on out, you know, people in those powerful positions and stuff are going to think twice about doing something stupid. Yeah. You know, because the the part that I think is sad though is that because it is so overdone out there right now that you say you get a good dude that wants to do something good for his country and run for a particular office. Yeah. And then going, oh, crap, I had a pretty wild college time. You know, if it could be dug up, they're going to dig it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, everybody's young and stupid, right? They do crazy, st- crazy stuff. But then you grow up and you find a focus in your life and you want to do some good. But now it's like, God, do I even want to get into that? Do I yeah. want to put myself in front of that shotgun? You know, I know I wouldn't. Because, yeah. you know, I know that I went to a couple orgies, you know, back in college days. And so, <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to dig that up, you know? Yeah. Not saying that I went to a couple That's, orgies. You know, <laughs> this, is a, this is a hypothetical uh, yeah. future candidate for office. Yep. It honestly took me three seconds to be like, 
okay, word, he is talking about the <laughs> fake person he was talking about to me for a second. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> oh, dude, that's, yeah, I was totally oh, on board with Hey, man, no judgment, whatever. It just, it's all just, good. It just took me a second. It was, the, it was the 60s, man. It was crazy. The 70s were a weird time. You know? Oh, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, that does. It's a road we have not traveled down yet. Yeah. And we're going to have to. And it'll be really interesting to see how things shake out as time goes on. Because, you know, as I mean, you could, if you pay attention to like the the YouTube world, especially, and even in the political world, um, I mean, people dredge up things from like a social media post when they were like 15 and they said something stupid because they were trying to be funny or edgy or they were just stupid and young. And now they're trying to put this on somebody 10 years later. I okay, yeah, that's bad. Whatever. You know, has do they still do it now? Yeah, that's everybody's ex- young exactly young. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And in most cases or some cases they make president out of you. Mhm. Yeah, maybe I, a little probably. Blood, you know. That's Barack, you know what I'm saying? I'll never forget that and that's another thing that I ever held against him like word. Like, you know, I I'm happy that yeah, yeah, that I'm happy that we live in a place. It makes me more comfortable that we live in a place where you can do a little bit blow and as long as you're not still doing a bunch of blow, you can be the fucking president, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty rad. Like hey. that's that's pretty cool. As long as you're not Elon Musk and smoke Weed on Joe. yeah, don't smoke weed on right. Joe Rogan's program. Apparently, that's the tipping point. Like you can do blow, but don't if you smoke weed legally. Don't ever camera. be the president. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that at all, Dave? Mm-hmm. That was a, that's probably more of an internet culture. You know thing. who Joe Rogan is. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does. He has like a big pocket test, right? And he had Elon Musk on his podcast, who like owns Tesla and stuff, um, and they smoked this fucking enormous joint just an enormous joint and so elon musk was on camera like live streamed like smoking weed and yeah people just were up in arms about it you know and oh, yeah. i like when i saw it i'm like he wasn't sharing or what that's well, i'm no. like because see that's the thing they had this big joint right but joe smoked it yeah he, he handed it to elon musk and he took it and he was like just kind of checked it out and he he went No, doesn't do anything for me. It's like, it's like he didn't inhale for one. He didn't even really smoke it. He's, he puffed it like a cigar almost. Yeah. But yeah, his whole life has just, his career has gone downhill ever since then. Well, and he said that like he smoked like, like he doesn't smoke weed all the time. Like mm-hmm. he, cause he, he said that he found that he it made him lazy. You know, he's like, so I don't do it because it makes me lazy. Yeah. But I don't have a problem with it. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, who I never would have guessed that he didn't smoke weed. Like I figured that he did all the time. The guy, yeah, right. he's like, I'm going to send a rocket into space with my let car. Me, let me strap my car onto it before I go though, because that would be really kind of cool if I did that. Yeah. Like he's like, I want to make a rocket, but I want the rockets on the sides to come back down to earth so I can reuse them. You know, I wouldn't think that unless I was high. Like, yeah. so I don't know why I figured that he was, you know, I don't know why anybody would be any kind of, surprised even that that would be the case you know well i mean it's a weird thing i mean even in a state where it's been legal now since 2012 i believe it's been a while it was before my time but uh you know to this day i mean the stigma behind people that smoke weed 
yeah. is very, very strong. And I'll tell you, when I go to my local store, which is, you know, I come from, I live in a very small town. People know, they know each other there. And I, so I go into my store and I see some people like kind of well-to-doers from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They're all coming into that store. And, you know, they kind of look around and they're like, all right, I'm going to go in here real quick. What do you got to hide, man? Right. I mean, you're going to go home and drink two bottles of wine tonight anyways. <coughs> why Why is this an issue? But it's still, it's one of the reasons, Dave, that we smoke weed on the podcast and drink beer. Because, I don't know, at least for me anyways. To I equalize just, them. Yeah. Is it to, to show that just because I can sit down and drink a beer or sit down and if we were in like the studio, we'd probably be smoking a joint. You know, as long as you don't drink too much or smoke too much, you could still be a very normal, you know, halfway intelligent type of person that can have a decent conversation. Be articulate, you yeah. know. <clears throat> Sometimes you say stigma. fuck a lot, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's but it's no different than if you sit there and get a little drunk. Yeah. How many people start to just run their mouth after they've had a few beers and... No different than that. We've made that argument a lot of times, especially no. in the state that we live in now. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, it's regulated by the exact same group of people. Like, yeah. it's the same the same bureaucracy that that runs this. Like, you still have to be twenty one to go and get it. Like, you can't. You're not supposed to drive and do it. You know, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to let kids do it. Like, what is any different between the two now? Like, nothing. Like nothing. It's, this one isn't sold in Safeway, you know, and alcohol didn't used to be either until a couple of years ago. You also yeah. had to go to, you know, to the liquor store to buy that. Like, but yeah, well, just was, most people, you know, around now, they still know somebody that has been put in jail because they were selling it. You right. Know, you know, so yeah, there's an illegal aspect to it. That's not going to go away mm-hmm. for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. I think probably a generation or two. And then it'll just be a thing. Well, and I got to imagine that it's getting harder and harder and harder to sell weed on the streets because there was a while where I continued to buy weed on the street because it was still cheaper than it was in the store, you know? And then one day it started being way cheaper to buy it in a store than to buy it on the street. So I'm like, sorry, dog. Like, I want to support your small business, you know, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to support this small business instead because it's fucking half the price and it's just as good. Like, yeah, and that's so... I know. I don't know anybody's argument. Yeah, man, it's a very economical from, business right now. That's man. what I'm saying. There's it's, a lot of money to be made, and even then, for a consumer, I mean, it's it's cheaper than having a like a liquor habit, if you will, not habit, but you know, if you're somebody like likes to have a glass of scotch at the end of the night or. Having a joint at the end of the night is cheaper than having a glass of scotch at the end of the night. <laughs> that shit got expensive quick. Yeah. Man, just to keep myself in bourbon, bro, it ain't, it ain't easy. <laughs> shit gets expensive these days. That's why I like beer. It's pretty cheap, you know? And you it stays can, pretty cheap. Yeah. And if, you know, you got the time, you can make it in your house. Yeah. Which, again, it's been a while. Shame on you. I know. We've been talking about making a salt of the streets beer. You're, yeah, as you're soon as we, my inspiration for beer making. Oh, well, that's nice. I'm glad. You brought I, in some beer that one time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's really sad is my Benick days were kind of the tail end of my beer making days. Yeah. Because then I started to just have, you know, especially once I left there, it just, you know, I 
how do I put this? I mean, I have a lot of my career now is much more involving. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just don't have much time. And then we started doing the podcast and all that, you know, to brew beer. I mean, it takes a solid this is a commitment day, you know, between cleaning everything beforehand, you know, it's just, I mean, it's <laughs> basically a, probably a four to five hour process, if not a little more. Yeah. So it can take a while, but we definitely will have it coming up soon. I know that much. Soon enough. We should put some fruit from Dave's garden in it. That's what we should do. Okay. We can make a nice IPA with a little citrus maybe or some kind of fruity taste to it. It's got a crazy pear tree in his yard. Ooh, pears. I had something the other day. The tree with three different kinds. Was that an apple tree with three different kinds of apples on it? Or was that the pear tree? That is the Asian pear tree. Yeah. Mm. It's got three different kinds. There's no more fruit. It's gone. Yeah. Well, we'll wait, you know. We'll wait. <laughs> we got time. That was so good. Oh, my God. Those things are good. He gave me one, uh, and I brought it home so that I could eat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I set it on the counter, and Jordan was like, what is this? So, oh, that's it's a, like an Asian pear that Dave gave to me. And it's, it was like, I want to eat it. Do you want to share it with me? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I would love to. And I think that I got three bites of it. Um, because she just fucking ate it so quick. <laughs> yeah, she was like, she's like, this is so good. Like, this is the best. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's pretty delicious. And I looked back and it was gone. And I was like, word. Well, yeah, there's always delicious. next year. Yeah, but yeah. it was delicious. I was yeah. a fan. The texture was like right on. I'm a pretty textured person. It was like, and I don't really like soft apples like at all, but this was like kind of a soft apple and I was into it. It's, very juicy, very sweet. Yes. Super pears juicy. Are that too. Yeah. Those and this pear, this pear tree yeah. I bought, it's got three different varieties on it, mm. grafted, and they all mature at a different rate. Oh, that's perfect. So you get one that's early summer, and then the next batch will come on, and then ones that aren't ready till fall. That's awesome. It's a cool-ass tree. Because a lot of them just go fruit, drop. Yeah. My That happened to my apple trees this year. Something because we have like on my property, there's not my property where I live, there is like some hundred year old plus apple trees. And every year, I mean, we get monster apples and they're nice, red, green, crisp, not too, not too sour, not too sweet. Um, best apples on the planet. But this year, I don't know what happened, they're all tiny and they all fell the beginning of summer almost as soon as they started to fruit they turned as soon as they turned red or started to turn red they dropped it's global warming man and there was something they were only maybe this big Mm. tiny i was so bummed because i had all these plans my boss got a new smoker and he's been smoking asian pears really yeah and it's just like a tinge and good god there i never would have thought they're fantastic (laughs) And so really? I was going to try to give them some of those apples to smoke. And they just, they, just they were small know. apples because your little dogs were eating those apples. That's mm-hmm. yeah. I just thought about that. Yeah, usually your dogs like ate a lot of apples big. this year. Usually they're huge. Yeah, you have to do that with a cold smoke. I don't know. I've never asked him. That's pretty interesting. But he brings them to the office, and, and they're good. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Do you have to like cut first them up batch or? was terrible because like, it was like pure smoke, mm. and then he just kind of you know you refine it, and then it was dude, it's really perfect. Because the pear isn't too sweet, 
And so you just have a nice mild sweetness with just a tinge of smokiness and it's soft and oh. Do you still eat it with your hand or you have to like cut it up? No, he or? slices them when he does oh, it. Okay. And I mean, they get That's a little soggy. Really interesting. It's really good though. Interesting. Yeah. Is it almost like a, like a dried pear? Like, no, no, no. They're still pretty soggy really? and wet. Yeah. That's I mean, you so could weird. use them. They'd be really good in like a, uh, say like a Waldorf salad. I like that what? salad and all, like Waldorf. What is that? It's like a. Sea <laughs> man is like, what do you mean? What is that? <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's like a cold potato salad, almost in a way, and but it has like grapes and apples in it. I oh, think. okay. Yeah. All right. I but got instead you. of the apple, you can use a little smoked pear. That would be money. I think. I think that's where it would really shine. Well, you look like you're about ready to play um, a game, homie. Yeah, we could do a couple if you want. You know, yeah. I think we got a little bit of time for that. Definitely. Mm, that's bullshit. Break. You gotta go pee. Mm-hmm. Oh, go for, for sure. Here, for and we need more beer. Okay, and we need more beer. I'll go get more beer. Oh, well. Do you want to just pause that? We'll take a break. Sure. Is that all right? We will work? take a break and get back to. <laughs> Whoops. No, screw it. Let's just keep going, me and you. Impromptu. Okay, yeah. I'll wait till Dave gets back, and then I'll go get Word. more beer. I only said break because I was gonna go get more beer, and then you would be here by yourself. Oh, That's the only reason I said that. I just that. wanted I wanted to tell you about uh, tell me. Fantastic Beasts. Oh yeah, because we went and saw that last night. Yeah, and I will tell you because we went with uh, Jake and Morgan. Yes, and they're fucking so sweet. I'm gonna punch them in the face. They're so sweet. <laughs> it's too much. You guys are too much. Oh my god. Ooh, Morgan, you're gonna get it when we go into sports. Oh, oh you're gonna yeah. get it. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. That's too. the only thing I decided to say. I've been purposely not really telling her because I know yeah. she's going to listen to it. Because there really wasn't shit. You did a good job. I really had like two things, and I told Colin about them, and they were really tiny things. This, this you're going to get it for. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Fantastic Beast, tell me. So Johnny you, Depp in that shit, right? Yeah, Johnny Depp is in it, and I can't remember if he had a cameo in the first one or not. Where like I, I haven't seen that remember. one yet. But the first one was good. We'll just say that. And it came out, I don't know, a year or two ago. But uh, but it was, I mean, it was kind of more lighthearted and fun. And it was the first spinoff from that Harry Potter world. And it happened before the modern, you know, before the Harry Potter series takes place. Yeah. And, but anyways, it's, uh, the first one was a lot more lighthearted and fun and jokey and funny. Uh, jovial if you will indeed <laughs> but it had a serious subplot that we're in you know the the deep because i think it's gonna be a trilogy the deep trilogy subplot you could tell it was dark but didn't really get into it too too much well this movie was dark i mean it was good though man like i haven't seen a movie that good in a while and you know carolina loved it you know, both Jake and I loved it. Well, and Morgan loves Harry Potter. So oh, boy. Was she just... Something fierce, bro. Okay. The, I can't <clears throat> emphasize how deep the Potter fandom runs. Just freaking the fuck out. Yeah. At the end well, of the If you're movie, willing to get a tattoo, that's true. You know, you're pretty real. Trenton has a has a Deathly Hollows tattoo on his ribs. Oh, there yeah, you go. It's pretty real. Yeah, I mean, it... But it was good. I remember the movie got over, and I looked over, and Morgan's just... Just, pure, <laughs> just total not eat like the rest of the world did not exist other than that screen and her that's and she hilarious. was just super into it was the it, uh, whole way back she was talking about how she was just blown away i can't sleep anymore i'm gonna have to read the screenplay <laughs> but it in her defense 
It was a fantastic movie. Was it a cliffhanger ending? Kind of, sort of. I mean, there was a kind of a general uh, suspense, you know, cliffhanger type storyline where you were kind of waiting. I'll go get it if you want. No, I'm on it. Are you sure? Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Sorry to interrupt. No. So, what did I say? Sorry. That was too funny. Oh, the the storyline. So, there's that kind of almost like a whodunit type of moment you're waiting for. If you get that and you finally got that satisfying ending and it was not a letdown. But then, of course, it's not so much a cliffhanger. It's just like there's a lot more to come. Yeah. And so, I think there's only going to be one more movie, but it's going to be intense. You know, everything in there. The... Uh, What's the movie? What's the movie? What's the movie? Alien. Alien. The new Alien. Alien Covenant. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The <laughs> I, All I could think was Confirmation. Right. <laughs> right. That's not it. Alien Confirmation. It's the new one. Um, but, the yeah, the main character from that, yeah, the Covenant, is in. She's... In the first one and the second one, she's one of the main characters. Yeah. Um, that, and then this, whoever this new guy is who plays Newt Scalamander. Newt? Newt. Yeah. That's such a fucking sick name. Isn't that funny? Yeah, he's really, really good, though. Everybody in those movies are good. I got nothing bad to say about it. Highly yeah. recommend. But, uh, you know, maybe watch the first one. Cause we watched it rather recently, so I didn't worry about it. But very, very good. Boom. Boom. I watched another movie last week um so i watch a lot of movies because i will watch them while i like in pieces while i'm getting while i'm getting ready in the morning mm-hmm. you know so while i'm sitting there and i'm making my breakfast and i'm like taking all my vitamins and stuff getting dressed and stuff like um <clears throat> i'm watching 30 40 minutes of a movie so thank you dave so over four days i'll watch a movie you know and so i watched a movie called the free state of jones that has Matthew McConaughey in it. Matthew McConaughey is sneakily like right, one of the best right. actors ever, right? And I don't so hate him. it is based on a true story of a guy, a group of people, thank you, sir, who scholar and a gentleman are um deserters from the Confederate Army mm-hmm. uh, during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And so him and a couple of like Ex-slaves and like other deserters set up Garcias, a little town like in the swamps <coughs> in Alabama, and they start. As one does, yeah, and they start intervening in, you know, because the the Southern Army is like taking people's stuff. You know, they're calling it a tax. They're taking ten percent of people's stuff, but it's really like half or three quarters of their shit. Yeah, and so they're stepping in and stopping the Southern Army from doing that type of stuff. And it was really, really good. Really, really good. Very nice. And is that on that. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Oh, and his name, his name is Newton Knight. That's what made me think of that. And I'm like, why did I start telling you about this? But that's why, because his name is Newton Knight. Perfect. And there's also, so there's a subplot in this movie where it skips forward like 80 years or something like that. And his like great, great, great grandson is in court. Because he's trying to marry a white woman, but he's one eighth African American because his dad, like, got it on with a slave at one point. And mm-hmm. so his great 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 grandma was a slave. And so he's being sued 
by the state of Alabama for trying to marry a white woman because he's one eighth black, which is enough to be considered a colored person. What was he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird to think like not that long ago? It was, was like a thing. It was like 1960 that this was happening, and that I was weird. like, "That is fucked up." Yeah, it was crazy. Well, so did I tell you that Dr. Plum told me like two weeks ago that the Bremerton School District um, had what? I was just sorry. I love Dr. Plum stories. He, dude, he is the most interesting dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he told me that and not until the mid 80s, like the CK School District didn't recognize Martin Luther King Day. That's, yeah, you told me. Yeah, that. Bremerton School District did, but CK didn't, and they're like yeah. right next to each other. And I was like, "Are you serious?" Said, yeah, no, they didn't do that. It's weird. It's like that seems really fucked up. Like, I don't, there's something just seems off about that. Well, you know, I I'm I'm pretty old fucker myself. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ancient, I'm older than dirt, according to Aaron. <laughs> but even in my lifetime, I grew up in Shelton, right? Yeah. And it wasn't until I was born in 1954, okay? And the World's Fair in Seattle was in 1962. And it wasn't until I went to the World's Fair that I saw my first black person in person. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. 100%. Even in my lifetime. I mean, we came to Bremerton, Mm -hmm. and obviously there was... A lot of blacks around, and then we actually went to. My father took us to visit a man that he worked with in the shipyard. That was a black guy who lived up in Seattle, and it was like overload for me because this is a, a new culture to me. Mm-hmm. It's a new race of people. Yeah, that I'm not used to because there wasn't one black family living in Shelton at the time, and. So, I mean, just in my time, these the the differences that I've seen over the years is just phenomenal. Yeah. All for the better, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I mean, you say that in your lifetime. And I live, I grew up in the, you know, bum F that is the North End. You know, so like most of Bremerton is still kind of a black hole on my radar. I don't understand half of what's down here. I mean, I, I don't think I ended up meeting my, you know, essentially my, and it sounds so terrible when you say it like this, but I didn't meet my first black person until I was in high school. That's crazy. That was it. We had, yeah, I think it was the only one. Hella Asian people though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hella Asian. Did yeah. you have hella Asian people when you went to school? Pacific yeah. Islanders to be respectful of the people. Well, um, not very many. There was a. A Japanese kid in my class. Just one, though? Yeah, and there were several... Uh, what was his name? Native Americans around the area. His name? Yeah. Jeff O'Connell. Word. Jeff. I like that shit. Just because Jeff? He was... <laughs> yeah. It's a strong name, Jeff. But I hate to stereotype Japanese people, but he was the class brainiac. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hell of smart. He was studious, and, you know, he was real smart. Comes from... Uh, a culture, yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard somebody, I want to say it was on commentary podcast, Noah Rothman, I think, was talking about a couple of weeks ago how, because uh, they were talking about the Harvard um, lawsuit with the Asian Americans. Do you know about this? 
This is real interesting. Harvard is being sued by like a like an association, a, yeah, an association, a yeah, group type thing, something you know, an yeah. Asian American association, um, because they are letting in less Asian kids um, so as to try and meet like university know, the, standards. Type yeah, thing. they don't want to let. What they're saying essentially is that the there's a disproportionate amount of Asian Americans that do extremely well on all their entrance exams and all their test scores and all this is, but not that many of them are actually getting in. They're only select. They're only allowing a select few in, so they're calling racial discrimination, and it all kind of stems to. Uh, Oh, what were those laws? Uh, Title Nine. Yeah, um, Title Nine. But you know what I'm talking about. I can't remember. I always I it always fucking makes me think executive order, and that's not it. But every time, that's what it. Something privilege. What's it called? Something privilege. Is that that's yeah. not what it's called? Basically, it was like the government mandate to divide or diversify the you yes. know, workplaces. Every time this happens, it's right to on us. tip of my tongue. It's driving me nuts. <clears throat> every time this happens to us with the same term, every mm-hmm. time. But you, you know the way I see it, just being the you know the pole working class from Bremen, Washington. Please enlighten I, me. I see it as you know every Asian family that I've known, they are very focused on education, mm-hmm. and what's happening? They're probably raising the academic levels. <laughs> And so they're making it harder for the white boy to get into school. Could be because you know their academic level is so high. If you're if you're going to have a you know an education curve, mm-hmm. if the peak of that curve continues to rise, that curve is going to rise. It's going to require an exponentially bigger you know pursuit to to reach you know to qualify even. And but I think that's. You know, when we talk about, so what are the big ones? Like drug education, like smoking, sex. These are all points of education that are supposed to start at the home, not necessarily be taught by the school. I think education in general, at least the fundamentals of appreciating learning or just building the discipline starts at home. And that is heavily represented in the Asian culture. And it's the same with a lot of immigrant cultures, usually until they kind of get fully incorporated and nobody talks about them anymore. And then it's just they become typical Americans and we all kind of just average each other out. Yeah. But it's good to have somebody that's fucking spiking that that thing up in the air, I think, because, I mean, at least with test scores, let's improve the standard of excellence. That sounds great to me. That's going to lead to more technological advancement and make my life easier in the in the end run. But hey, I'm a trades guy. I don't have to try to get into college. <laughs> well, I got a taste of it several years ago when our family took in uh, two different at two different times. Uh, we hosted foreign exchange. Oh, that's students, cool. One from Taiwan and one from Japan, and <clears throat> so we got a firsthand look at and experience with these kids that were extraordinary. Yeah. You know, and we, we kept in touch with them for a while and they were high school age. And, you know, last time I talked to this one, she was uh, studying music in London and they just, 
they just have a thirst or knowledge that's very important in their lives to be educated. Mm-hmm. And I was comparing it to the kids that I'm associated with. And I'm like, good Lord, these kids are going to be great. <laughs> and these kids are going to do nothing. And it's pretty impressive, really. Mm-hmm. But at a young age, it's got to be more about just building that discipline than appreciating the actual you know, skill of learning, I think, than anything you have. Because as a parent, that's, I mean, as a kid, you don't want to study and do, you want to screw around and have fun. But to have a parent in a household that forces you to focus on education, you're going to do better later on. I think we've, I think it's pretty statistically established that that's going to happen. (laughs) Not always, of course, but. But the cultural differences are, are so different. You know, the girl from Japan, we would sit down together after dinner and have a conversation. And she said, this is really strange because I've never talked to the man of the house before. She doesn't, isn't allowed to talk to her own father. Mm-hmm. So she thought it was really interesting to be able to talk to the man of the house. Yeah. About anything and everything. Yeah. And so... You know, in one way, their culture is superior in as far as, you know, the attitude towards education. Mm-hmm. But the relationship between a Japanese girl and Japanese father are significantly different than what we experience here. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what, generally speaking, is so great about America. It's because we are such a cultural melting pot. We kind of have all these cult because we it when you look historically, there's always kind of a a wave of a certain region or nationality that floods into America. And what always happens is we kind of generally pick out some of the, the things that we like the best about those cultures and then just kind of lose the rest. Yeah. You know, at least generally speaking. And so, like stuff like like that, kind of that that hardcore. I don't even want to. I don't want to say the word patriarchy, but you know, <laughs> some cultures have a very yeah. pa- an actual <clears throat> patriarchal system. And I mean, we it's not with, necessarily a good thing. We don't like that necessarily. I mean, with a mandatory respect. Yeah, I mean, I think mandatory respect on certain levels is good, but not just necessarily because you're. The man of the house. Right. You know, I mean, you hear it from, like, in the old days when door-to-door salesmen would go by, can I speak to the man of the house, sir? Or, um, and then it changed to, is this the head of the household? Yeah. You remember that? I remember getting those phone calls when I was a kid, back when it was, there was no cell phones, it was all just landlines, and if it was after six o'clock at night, the phone rings, Unless it's an emergency and one of your family was like dying or something like that, it was usually a telemarketer. Right. And the first thing I would ask is, am I, you know, uh, hi, who am I speaking to or something like that? And then it's like, well, are you the head of the household? Be like, oh, no, that's my dad, generally. Right. You know, it always kind of <laughs> was. But now we don't, there is none of that. It's interesting. If they would have said, could I talk to the real boss of the house? Then you mom, right? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, shit, I'd give him, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, here, let me talk to my wife. Yeah. 
Like, I, I don't know. I got to ask Jordan. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. You ready to play this game, homie? Yeah. Let's we, do it. We can kind of, uh, yeah, we're probably a little over 215, 220. Mm-hmm. Affirmative action also is what it's called. I knew I, you got the epiphany look in your face. Affirmative action. Yeah, that's what it's called. That's what we were looking for. So That's what drove my dad crazy in the shipyard. Yeah. Affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he had he was a supervisor in an electrical maintenance department. And he had guys in there that was that had <clears throat> came up through the apprenticeship that were good mechanics and he wanted to advance them, but he couldn't because he had to put so many women, mm-hmm. so many minorities, so many uh handicaps, all this kind of stuff in those positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it drove him absolutely nuts. Equality of outcome. Not good. <clears throat> yeah. That's why I like the meritocracy. There are a lot of examples of it not working out exactly. Um, maybe in favor of what's best for like the productivity and efficiency of, of the particular company or department, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if the goal is equality of outcome, uh, I mean, not even that because that's not even what's achieved. I mean, mm. I mean, you could probably call it that, but when you think of like the, at least with like manufacturing. Yeah. You're really talking about like a bottom line outcome. Yeah. Not, you know, not a social view of equity. Exactly. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. <clears throat> so that's a whole nother podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are most of our other podcasts. Yeah. Is this where all your subjects come from? Is one rolls into another, into another, and next thing you know, you've got a list so long as you're going to be. 40 years old, not 40 podcasts later. Yeah, half the time. That's that's the key. That's the key, yeah. That's the beauty about being, you know, playing around in the uh, the realm of ideas mm-hmm. and thinking, not just news. Because we try to do news when we can, but that's generally what we do. But the, behind the news, the conversation is generally about ideas. And, you know, when people's talk politics and they talk Democrat and Republican, you know, for people like Don and I, it's usually the ideas that come from one side or the other. And I don't think we necessarily align with either, which is why we like to talk about those. I'm excited. So how do we, how are we going to do this? Is this like a, you ask Dave a question and so, I'm going to field it to both of you. Okay. Um, and so you can both say it. Do you, one of us should keep, I can keep scoring one of these on the back one of these. Um, not that it matters, but so we're going to play some, mm, that's bullshit. And so, like I said before, I'm going to just going to, going to read one of these here things and you're going to tell me whether or not you think that it's true and we'll keep a little score. We'll see what happens. Right? Don't forget, are the cards color coordinated sometimes okay um they were at first and then i started to run out of index cards so (laughs) and they just started to all that's why i i also write at the top what category it is so i know you know even if it's not the right color the first category is history i saw that yeah because the chances that i'm gonna go to the store and find these exact same index cards are pretty slim because i've had these for a long time so (laughs) you know we'll just we'll see what happens so I went on um, that Underground Seattle tour last week. Yeah. And so Yesler Way is one of the streets in Seattle. Yesler. Yeah. And that's named after like maybe the second mayor, the first mayor. That's not the question. Okay. Um, but he's one of the first. Here, I'll get right. Is that good? Um, I'm going to change this. You're going to? 
Oh. Oh, I think we got some sun playing in oh, here. Oh, look at that. Oh, shit. Oh, I think we might need one more. This guy's fancy out here. Look at that. I like those. So the shades pop off from the bottom? Yes. That is about the coolest thing I've ever seen. And they just click right up there, huh? Whoa! They come up. That just changed my whole life. They go up from the bottom and down from the top. That was crazy. That was cool. I'm super impressed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to get those shades now. That's pretty cool. So... Yesler, right? Yesler Way is one of the streets in Seattle, and he was like one of the first mayors of Seattle. It was like a logging town, right? Oh, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And so when he became mayor, one of the platforms they ran on was he was going to pave the streets, right? Because they were all shitty, muddy, fucking whatever, right? But he only paved four roads (laughs) while he was in office. Four roads? Yeah. That's the fact. Four roads. Do you think that's correct? Do you think it was more than that? Less than that? Four roads? I mean... I'm in. It sounds like something you would do. Four? Four sounds. Because I... You know what? We went to school together. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like something he would pull. Okay, so that one's bullshit, right? Oh. So Yesler was a big deal because he owned the mills, right? And that's like why he got all this money. So he paved two roads, the one from his house to the mill and the one from his house to City Hall. <laughs> Those are the two roads that he paved when he was in office. <laughs> See, if he was smart, he would have done the road from his house to the mill and the road from the mill to wherever they needed to transport the wood. <laughs> that way he would have increased his bottom line. Yeah. But, you know. Then again. So was he the mayor when the city burnt to the ground? I think so. Mm. <clears throat> I don't remember, but mm-hmm. I'll look into that one. I'm just going to assume. I was giving the guy the right. benefit of the doubt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, if I was mayor, I would have done ten roads. <laughs> and this jerk only did four. Yeah. So I thought, I was, you know... <laughs> oh that's funny okay so the battle of hastings right Mm -hmm. we've all heard of that i couldn't tell you what happened in it but we all we've all heard of it right so the battle of hastings did not happen in hastings i would say i feel like that's probably true i feel like some of those battles are named after like the nearest area not necessarily where i would agree with you yeah Word. So that one's correct, right? It was fought in uh, Senlac, Senlac Hill, which is hmm. seven miles away from there. So I wonder at the time the if it was really known at Senlac and, or like it became Senlac. You never I know. I don't know. The, orig- the original one that I found said that the town was called Battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, this one said that it was called Senlac well, Hill. Well, that was I, from History.com. I sorry. can see that, you know, because if we had yeah. a battle of Gorst. <laughs> it wouldn't be called you, that. You would have to say it was the Battle of Bremerton. Yeah. No one would know where the hell Gorst was. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, for those who know where it is, they'd be like, yeah, no, let's not call it the Battle of Gorst. Let's go with something. Because that happens every day. Yeah. About quitting time. Yep. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I let's feel so see bad here. for people that got to make that commute. I did it for 28 years. Yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. God. I mean, okay. I like a nice commute, but not if there's traffic. Oh, that standstill over in West Bremerton is just ridiculous. 
Okay, these ones I can't remember which ones we did or not because the first time we played this game, so I'm gonna move on from history. Right? Very well. And we're gonna go to some so other ones. So you're saying that pot and alcohol works in this game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, it's an even playing field that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is just like a random one, right? So a sentence that can be read forward and backward the same way is called a palindrome. Do you think that's it? 100%. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit just because he's so (laughs) (laughs) Word. It is called a palindrome, right? Palin in Greek means back, and dromos means direction. Mm. Boom. There you go. Boom. Boom, boom. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think the only reason I knew that, I feel like I heard that on like a podcast over the, like the last couple of weeks, I listened to a lot of writing podcasts and that was, I feel like yeah. talking about weird things it, like that. It sounded familiar to me too, but I mm-hmm. just want to take the opposite stance. There you go. Just, just wanted to try and do something different. The way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so you know how the do you know what the Twitter logo looks like, Dave? Mm-hmm. And it has that little bird. So the Twitter bird has a name, right? And his name is Thomas. That's bullshit. Thomas Bird. Mm, that's bullshit. I think that one's bullshit. Or his name is Larry. His name is Larry Bird. Larry that's Bird. The, that's what the Twitter bird's name is. Was Twitter invented in? Wait, where did Larry Bird play? Larry Bird played in Boston. Okay. Um, and I don't think the Twitter was invented in Boston. No. Um, I think that it's just like a, just like a quirky thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, That's what microdosing will do to those people. <laughs> <laughs> all the Silicon Silicon Valley CEOs are all they all microdose DMT. <laughs> Most of them do. Really? For real? Just while they're at there. While they're mm-hmm. at their office. All day long. Microdose. Okay. Um, if you, this is a science one, kind Ooh. of, right? It's about animals. Um, kangaroos, right? They're the only, they're the only animal, one of the only animals that move like only by hopping, right? Like they don't mm. walk like ever. Um, and if you lift a kangaroo's tail, it can't hop. Hmm. Mm, bullshit. Trying to think here. Anatomically, I feel like they might have to use their tail to assist them in jumping. So I'm going to say that's true. Think that's true? Maybe. It's fucking Roll. true. But what? Yeah. You lift a kangaroo's tail, can't jump because they use it for balance. Like, like their tail is so heavy, you know, they mm-hmm. use it. For yeah, but when so they're on hop, balance. they're not using their tail. To, yeah, to counterbalance them because well, they're leaning forward. Yeah. But, uh, so if it's lifted up, you know, they can't because they like kind of. Well. Another reason why I wish we had tails. Double confirmed that one, Dave. Double confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It takes. The nice thing is most of the time I just try to justify a guess. Mm-hmm. And hope that it's right. <laughs> that's that's the way to do it. Okay. 
So we may have done this one before. So anybody who's really good knows, but you probably don't because I bet we were high at the time. So <laughs> it takes 11 minutes for a ray of light to reach Earth from the sun. So that's not fair because I read too much sci-fi. Like one individual one, you know. Unless this is one of those, no, it's 12 minutes. <laughs> I feel like that's true. Hmm. Now I'm second-guessing myself. I think so. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Mm. Oh, bullshit. Think that's bullshit? <clears throat> Takes eight minutes. Yeah, takes eight. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it takes eight minutes for a ray of for a ray of light to get from the sun to oh, Earth. I thought you were being a little slow there. <laughs> um, I mean, it does move at the speed of light, which is pretty fucking fast. Pretty so. fast. <laughs> uh, bats are not capable of standing or walking because their bones are too thin. I mean, I've I've seen bats like crawl, yeah, but, but not like, like a walk, like a standing walk. Yeah, if they did, it'd be like a penguin. If legs are so short. I mean, they're yeah. almost stubs. I don't, I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, they can't walk. They can't walk. Don't think so. So, a vampire bat and a burrowing bat can walk. But those are the only two types of bats. Well, that this can another walk, trick so. question. <laughs> That's what this game is. Game. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, wait a minute. Did that say all bats? I said bats, bats. cannot. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I see. The what I really love about this game it's, it's not just trivia. Game. It's wordplay. It's yeah. trivia. You're trying to solve the question as much as you are trying to answer the question. <laughs> it's like uh, what's that? Like they say in Shrek. This question or this game is it has layers. You like know, you gotta yeah. get through the layers. <laughs> we can't just be another trivia game. That'd be boring as hell. That's funny. That's what bars are for. I had another one that I wrote down in here. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's name is not really Bob Dylan. I know this one's. I know the answer to this one because I heard it on the radio the other day. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but I know. That's probably true. Yeah. So his name is Robert Allen Zimmerman. Zimmerman, yeah. Yeah, that's his real name. Yeah, it was like Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday. They us listen to I always listen to ninety nine point nine The Rock when I'm driving to and from job sites and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I guess the morning show a lot and they were talking about that at the morning show. I was, they play like a, a game twice a morning called Beat Migs, and it's essentially trivia, like a fast-paced trivia. And that was one of the questions. So that's it was unfair that I heard that this week. But I knew I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, but you had to think about it a long time. Yeah, yeah well, it's, you know, how many beers? <laughs> All right. Half. Yeah, um, half a beer. No, half as many as we're going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I okay. gotta take my grandpa to the airport pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Leo Fender, right? Who invented the Stratocaster and the Telecaster? Mm-hmm. He could only play the violin. Eh, that's bullshit. <clears throat> I will take the opposition because I have no clue. 
Yeah, no, he couldn't. He couldn't play the guitar or anything like that. I don't know about the violin. That was just some extra shit. But he couldn't play. He couldn't huh. play the guitar. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's a matter of opinion. <laughs> yeah. So man. he he might have been able to play the violin. No, he might have been playing the guitar, but not really playing it. <laughs> just not uh, quite it, right. It's a matter of you know opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he could. Work on it and make sure that, you know, these electronic pickups were actually making noise and sending a signal. Yeah. So I guess that's true. And that would probably be better than some lead solos that I've heard. Yeah, probably. Oh, That's funny. I mean, (laughs) John Fogarty had solos that probably sound just exactly like that. Probably. Baby Dax, when he pops out, he's going to go over and if you have a guitar. And Mm -hmm. uh, see, that's technically playing a guitar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice little strumsky. (laughs) We're trying to find a loophole in this question so we get out of it. That's what's happening. (laughs) Okay. So this is a little, it's not like a three parter, but there's three. Yeah. We want to send Alex back to the locker room. Yeah. Hanging his head. Alex Trebek. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, groups of animals, right? They all got weird little names. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you have a a group of crows is called a murder of crows, Mm -hmm. right? A group of ravens is called an unkindness of ravens. Okay. And a group of goats is called a tribe of goats. One of those is bullshit. That's what you think? Yeah, that's the Ravens. You think the Ravens is incorrect? Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Z? Um, I think they're all bullshit. You think they're all bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so those are all correct. An unkindness? An unkindness of Ravens. Who who made that shit up? I did not look that up. (laughs) That is bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) But a group of goats really is called a tribe of goats, right? Because, Mm -hmm. and this is the last one, and I have a couple of sports things, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. I know that, Um, you know, Ravens can be pretty ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. To call them unkind. Yeah. It's pretty harsh. An (laughs) (laughs) An unkindness of Ravens. Uh, and so a group of co- <laughs> a group of goats it's called the tribe of goats right and you heard of the you heard of the group tribe called quest yeah um, and so there's four members of a tribe called quest or there were uh, rest in peace five dog because he died like two years ago but so I have always wanted or at least for the last couple of years to get four goats and name them after the individual members of a tribe called Quest, and I would have my own tribe called Quest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would stick, stick with just telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would have... Well, and then I, you can rent them out, you know, and like, and then let them like, eat people's yards and stuff. But That's, so a, I, that's a booming industry in this so, county. So I would have Five Dog, Q-Tip... Jerobi and Ali Shaheed Muhammad as like my four goats and I would rent them out to people. I thought that was super rad. I think that's great. Yeah. So we'll move on to, um, <laughs> to sports real quick. Uh, sports, no sin. So first thing, fucking Morgan. 
right? Because last week I was sick and Morgan uh, Collins' friend stepped in for me, which I super appreciate. I don't want this to take away from that. But it's like Collins' friend. She's our friend. She is our friend. She's all of uh, our friends. Yeah. No, Morgan is a, is a good friend of mine. Um, and so I don't want this to belittle what you did for me because I super appreciate it. But sports is something I take really personal because it's something I like really kind of do myself, you know? Yeah. So last week. <laughs> I can't wait. Des Bryant, right? He got signed by the Saints on Thursday. And on Friday, he tore his Achilles. And so he can't play anymore. And this is after like seven months of him not having a job and like trying to find like a team to play with and stuff. And then on Sunday, they recorded on Sunday. And Morgan did not address the fact that he had torn his Achilles and was still talking about him like he was a factor on the team. What the fuck? It had been two days. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh, it, that's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it had are, been are two days. Are we still playing that game? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, in, in her defense, I did kind of throw this on her last minute. Absolutely. And she did the best she could to try to, you know, she knows what this is but all about. But as you guys playing fantasy, you guys should know the Des Bryant towards Achilles. Yo, bro, I like 75% play fantasy. <laughs> I don't know really what I'm doing all the time, but I do it for fun. Yeah. And I'm doing okay as far as our league goes. Did really good in the beginning. Really good in the beginning. Yeah. And then... You're doing all right now. As you lovely Excuse me. tweeted this week to me, you can't win a fantasy league just in the draft. Yeah, because they also said that they did. So you're just sticking with what you have. And- Look, I'm I've made a trade and I have picked up new people and dropped new people, but yeah. you know, I to be perfectly honest, I don't have the fucking time to watch all the football that I want. Sometimes I do. Like I miss the Hawks game on Thursday. That was a great game on Thursday, and it was the Packers. That's yeah. another team that I love. I love the Packers. I love the Hawks. I wanted to watch that game so much. I actually might go back and try to watch like a pre-recorded version of it. You totally can with no commercials and mm-hmm. doesn't that that suck when life gets in the way, doesn't it? Jeez, <laughs> I just like that's for... what life does though. It just <laughs> fucks with you all the time. Life sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> for me personally, like I just love football so much that it's like it's really important to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Like when people ask me about doing stuff, I'm like, well, like on Thursday, like I really want to watch this game. So like, that's what I'm doing that day. Like I'm going to make sure that I'm home at this time because I, I want to be doing that. You know, it's yeah. a thing I do like for my own enjoyment. It's so. a difference in value systems, is it not, Don? Yeah. Yeah. No, football is really important to me. Yeah. Jordan and I talked about that like two weeks ago, fantasy football and shit. But that's a whole other deal. Um, so she talked to you about it or scold you about it. She talked to me about it. Oh. She plays fantasy. Oh. She's in she's in the Benick League and in the league with like with our friends and stuff. She's in mm-hmm. two different fantasy leagues. So because I want two chances of winning money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, <laughs> not that I'm any... not, and I don't. So yeah, <laughs> not that we actually exchange money at all because that would be gambling. That would and that's be totally bad. not fine. Sports gambling is legal now. So oh, it is. That. Well, then screw it. We're totally on. It that. must be because it runs rampant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Just calling all the boys out. Oh, that's hilarious. Got him. So <laughs> you motherfucker. That's hilarious. Um Okay, so the Falcons signed Bruce Irvin. Um I think wait, wait. we hit the first thing. What was the second thing for Morgan? Oh, the she, Drew Brees or the uh 
Yeah, okay, and you talked about Traquan Smith being the number one target on the Saints. It's fucking Michael Thomas. What are you talking about? Morgan. <laughs> Morgan. Michael Thomas is like leading the league in receptions right now. And I can picture her face right her face right now. She I know she knows. That's the thing. I know you know. It's no. just and I know it's just because you were scared. But now I'm that scared. now that now that we've gotten over this, you fucking got this because you did a great job. But Boom. don't don't sleep on Michael Thomas Morgan. Don't <laughs> don't do that to me. It's okay, Morgan. You can blame me for short notice and all that. She'll probably text me right after she hears this. Yeah. I'll be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, I, hope so. I fucking helped you out, and you're talking shit to me on the podcast. Fuck you, Donovan. Sure. <laughs> I'm giving you a baby food maker and all this stuff, and fuck you. That's what she's saying right now. Uh oh. Do we officially give you the baby food maker? No, no, not yet. See, I thought that was a prize. I didn't know you knew that. She texted me and asked me if I wanted it. Oh, cool. Um, cool. So I don't have it yet, but she said that we could have it. We also invited them to the baby shower. Mm-hmm. Um, told them they could come with you if whatever. But that's cool. Um, uh, but there's going to be another one after the baby's born because my family doesn't do baby showers before the baby's born. They wait until afterwards. Well, sorry, so, cause I thought I've heard you talk about baby showers yeah. before. So there will be a second one like around Jordan's birthday in February. Cool. Um, so, so that's it. Other than that, you did a great job, Morgan. I'm impressed. You did a good job. I really appreciate you doing that. Hopefully you don't hate me for talking shit about you on the podcast now, but <laughs> I'm really proud of you. Big shout out to the ginger ninja. Yes. She, uh, Really, I mean, she was clutch, man. I, yeah. I I had a couple ideas of what what I could do, and I but I really really wanted to try to stick to like the the standard kind of show in in a fashion if I could. Yeah, and I had some other options ready to go if I couldn't, but she came through clutch, helped us out, and you know, love her love her forever for that. Yeah, she did a hard time with F's sometimes. <laughs> Too many F's in a row. It just gets problematic. Yeah. So the Falcon signed. <laughs> He's just like, that's so stupid. I'm just going to power yeah. through. <laughs> this is how you know that I am. You got an F in problem. <laughs> Generally. Okay. So before, I'm sorry, I'm going to ruin sports again. Do it. On the. <laughs> on the. Uh, and it's killing me now. Why? Or I can't remember it. Comic Book Man podcast. Tell them Steve Dave. Tell them Steve Dave. Tell them, tell them Steve Dave. Steve, subscribe. Shop, shop. Yep. Um, problems with S's. <laughs> <laughs> See, after a while, I just, I can't have a hard time talking. So who's the guy that I'm, I'm supposed to be? Walt. Walt, yeah. right? I hate it. When I listen to the podcast, and I'm like, <laughs> fucking Walt. That yeah. is so me. I do the same exact things on this show yeah. that Walt does on his show. And I... Damn you, Donovan. It's, I am Walt. They both <laughs> just have the worst time with any type of word over fucking, like, six letters. <laughs> like, it's it just gets lost in their mouth on the way out. Like, it's antiquated. It's like yeah. I've heard in... Uh, what I was the one that I was trying to do that you you sent I, me a text was like it's e, this yeah <laughs> it like eterpulent or some shit like that that he said last week I'm like that's not even a fucking word man like <laughs> what, like what are you saying over here definitely making a yeah worse. it was really funny um so, the Falcons <laughs> yeah so, so the Falcons signed Bruce Irvin he's a DN their fucking defense is trash so they needed it um, the next thing I have is that the Saints signed Des Bryant to a one year deal and the next fucking day he tore his Achilles. 
And the Vikings claimed Amir Abdullah off the waiver wire. He was running back for the Lions. Sam Darnold was out last week. He was a quarterback for the Jets. That shit doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, Darren Sproles was out for another week. The, sign, the Saints assigned Brandon Marshall. He was with the Seahawks earlier this year, and then he got he got cut because he's terrible. Um, the Bengals fired their defensive coordinator because their defense is trash. The Panther, the Panthers waived C.J. Anderson. And Le'Veon Bell, you remember we were talking about that for a couple weeks. He <coughs> didn't show up to sign his franchise tag, and so he can't play at all this year. So he just missed out on $14.5 million. What a dumbass. Because yeah. he wants seventeen. <laughs> no, no. That's yeah. He so he that was his deal. Is he showed up this year, but because he didn't show up this year, if the Steelers try and franchise tag him again next year, it will cost them twenty five million dollars, not fourteen and a half, because other running backs have signed big contracts. Todd Gurley and stuff signed a big ass contract this last season, so the salary for the top five of the position is way higher now. So they're just going to let him go probably at the end of the season. They're going to rescind the the uh, franchise, franchise tag. Yeah, because if they do it now, then he can go and sign with whatever team he wants for the minimum amount this year and then get a big deal next year. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have to play him, you know, in this year because he'll probably sign with somebody in the AFC, the Jets or some shit that the, that the Steelers would have to play. They don't want to have to worry about it this year. So they're going to wait probably until the offseason, then rescind the franchise tag and let him go. Wow. Missed out on fourteen and a half million dollars because he wants seventeen. Yeah. Well, that's what you're forgetting. Being greedy. Yeah. Good lord, you know, when I was a kid, your typical pro football lineman would have to sell shoes in the off season and make ends meet for the year. Wow. Yeah. yeah definitely not the case anymore. <clears throat> no. Good lord. Um, and then Cooper Cup. He tore his ACL last week when he was playing the Hawks. So Cup. Yep. Cooper Cup's out for the rest of the year. And then Ronald right. Darby. Ronald Darby is a corner for the Eagles, and he tore his ACL, too. There's been a lot of that this year, a lot of ACL tears, Um, and that's all I have for sports. I had a friend that tore his ACL once. We were – the Coast Guard had shifted to this uh, kind of mandatory, like, uh, PT every week. You had to have a certain amount of hours or whatever, if possible, to fit in with the mission that you were on. And uh, so we'd go up and play basketball at the Navy base that we were stationed at. And he tore his ACL playing uh, basketball. And, man, I do not wish that on anybody. It sounded like – and he was a tough dude, but, man, the pain that he was in. He couldn't hardly walk. Oof. I just – because it's a knee tendon, right, the ACL? Yeah. Yeah. Screw that noise, man. I don't want any part of that. Mm Mm-mm. Because that could be, like in the football career, that can almost be a career ender depending on timing, right? If you tear your ACL. Um, kind of almost. Depending, because it can be hard to come back from, but yeah. most of the time it's just a season ender. You know Oof. what I'm saying? Like, because it comes definitely out until next season. It takes. Yeah. Tendons are nothing to mess around with. Yeah. No. I mean, it could be a life ender. See, there's a zipper on my ankle right here. Oh, yeah. That changed my life forever. <laughs> that was the, uh, was that the hang gliding? No. I, oh. It might have been the start of it, but it mm. didn't happen for 30 years later. Ooh. But. Yeah. No thanks, man. Tendons are important, bro. Yeah. Especially if you're playing, if you're an athlete that needs to compete at peak performance. Because tendons are not like muscles that they can regrow easily. Like you have to 
surgically reattach and like stitch them together and some crazy stuff. Yeah. Man, that's tough. A lot of ACLs is here. It does not always work. No. And that's why it can be so dangerous, especially for like a running back or someone like Cooper Cup plays from the slot most of the time. So he does lots of cuts and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So his his rehab will probably be a little bit longer um, just because of the particular position that he plays. Mm -hmm. But... And I mean, is he kind of a, a rookie? He thinks he's a veteran. I think player? this is his second year, Cooper Cup. And Maybe so if he third tail end of the season like that, is he'll mean, be he'll definitely be good to come next back season. next year and like okay. he'll be fine. But hopefully he'll be good. He's young enough. Yeah, yeah. he'll he'll be just fine. Good, good. But <laughs> they take like they take a. I'm fairly certain they take a tendon out of a cadaver. That is from the thigh, and so it's a bigger, stronger tendon that is way less likely to tear. And that's what they replace your torn ACL with is with this hmm. cadaver tendon. Man. So that's crazy, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I play one on. Yeah, TV. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But why not? We'll go yeah. with that. So that's it. Are you are you ready for a for a line, and then we can get the fuck out of here? I want to talk about fantasy real quick. Word. I'm playing clean Randalls this week. Mm. Right. He's fucking with me. Yeah. He's got like five guys that are on a bye week. Four or five. Hasn't switched them out. He hasn't switched them out yet. Ah. So I don't know what I'm getting into tomorrow, and I'm nervous. Yeah. He's messing with my head, and I don't like it. Is that a pretty? Typical. Well, so that's Kaylee's team, right? And Kaylee only halfway cares about fantasy. She really likes mm, the draft. Her boyfriend yeah. manages her team. So he'll probably do it tomorrow morning um, before he switches his up. That's why that is man. that way. So. This, and I think I don't think I talked to you about it, but this Gronk situation is killing me. Killing me, dude. Yeah. Well, and they're going to buy this week, so I would expect yeah. that next week he should be okay. But I don't know that. He'll even be back next year. You know, he yeah. has so many injuries with his back and shit that I don't know that he'll continue to play football. Yeah, so I ended up picking up some rando um, tight end that was sitting on, uh, got him in waivers this week. Yeah. Trying to see who he is, but my app just failed. Either way, but he's basically, no, I think he plays for Miami. Mm. Maybe. Can I give you some advice? Please. Relax. It's yeah. fantasy. It is. There's It'll a lot okay. of money on the line. It's okay. fantasy. Don doesn't know it, but if I if I was to win the the pot this year, I'm donating all the proceeds to my godson college fund. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna get my money back. Second place is gonna get his money back, but Dax is gonna get his his college fund started. That's too much. So, but I don't think I'm gonna win. So. What are you talking? Ten thousand dollars? No, it's no. Uh, it's like almost six hundred bucks. That oh, that's for significant. Uh -huh. Yeah, good it's, starting. Place. Yeah, it's five sixty, um, and then next year we'll go up to fifty dollars and it'll be mm -hmm. seven hundo. Yeah, because it's a fourteen team league. That's significant to donate to somebody's yeah. college fund. That's it's really either nice, that or man. it'll be all all. Diapers, which I know he'll need it. <laughs> That'll pay for almost five kegs, depending on. The <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a real good time. Oh, that's great. Word. <clears throat> that's okay. really all I had. I just I finally got a tight end, and I'm keeping Burkhead on the IR. 
just, just in, in hopes, just in case, you know, because I don't. What am I going to do with that? I think he comes slot? back soon. I think he's eligible to come back in like two weeks. Yeah. So I think after the bye week, he might be able to come back. But we'll check. Yeah. Either way, I'm hanging on by a by a thread. Yeah. In the in the division, I'm doing okay. But all you got to do is make it to, to the playoffs. Exactly. Once you make it to the playoffs, you're good to go. It's like two weeks. So I two weeks playoff start. Okay. Yeah. Word. Okay, so Dave, we do this thing at the end of the podcast every week um, where I watch a show. It's the same show, like a series, right? And I find a line from that and I say it at the end and it's random and it's not going to make a lot of sense. Um, but we've got this deal, whoever, whatever listener first like figures out <coughs> what show all these lines are from gets a free t-shirt or some such shit. And so we're we're forty in, and no one has no one's figured it out yet. So, so now it's just um, become a fun. I, I'm not thing. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not either. But at this point, I'm like, this is getting a little tough. Like I'm having to so reach deep. You know, it's you watch yeah. movies, and you know somebody under their breath mutters something totally insignificant to the show. Yeah, and you'll pick it up, write it down, and you just don't want to give away. <laughs> I'll totally give it away. You're a tight ass. I just want I'm, them to work for it. We've got them it. stocked up now, too. We've got yeah, a well, supply of, of sizes. I heard that there's a complimentary t-shirt for your uh, Oh, I'll bring you a t-shirt on Monday. I will absolutely, absolutely bring your t-shirt oh, on Monday. Know, yeah, right. I have a box. Like, they're not in my car because I had to put diapers in my car. They're in my garage. I got a t-shirt with your name on it because I made like That's fucking 50 of them. That's a lamest excuse. I had them in my car for so long. For so long they were in my car. Yeah, I had to take them out. Well, it's a good thing you switched them out. Otherwise, you'd be using your t-shirts for diapers. <laughs> Which I'll be doing. But... <laughs> Just make sure you sew up the neck hole, you know, to at least like do its job. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we like Dave said, he's like a little bit older, you know. And just in general, like I just don't care for his demographic, you know. I find them judgmental. You racist fuck. 